0: It's six o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, police appeal to Wickham community after misconduct hearing. Mum says her terrorist son was radicalised in Buckinghamshire and Luton MP wants custody death investigation completed as soon as possible.
1: BBC Three Counties Radio.
0: The police commander for High Wickham is urging the community to move forward and work with the force after five officers were cleared at a misconduct hearing over the death of Habib Ullah. Mr Ullah died following a stop and search in the town in 2008 but Superintendent Ed McLean says he knows it will be difficult. Paul Scoynes was at the hearing.
2: This was a case that was described as going to the very heart of the relationship between the police and the public, the panel deciding that all five officers had no case to answer in any of the charges that had been put to them, that they'd changed statements, that in one case of an officer using too much force, all of the accusations against those officers was found not to be proven. That means they can go back to work, and Abibullah's family have said that they will fight on in a civil
0: A Buckinghamshire mum says her son was radicalised in the county before going to fight with Islamic extremists. Kenyan officials say 25-year-old Thomas Evans from Woburn Green was killed fighting for al-Shabaab in an attack on a military base on Sunday. Sally Evans says he mixed with the wrong people.
3: He obviously met some people with some very twisted warped ideas of Islam. I'm very angry that they were prepared to put my son on the line but they're still here. They're not brave enough to go out there themselves, so they've sent, unfortunately, my son.
0: Police have appealed for information about three sisters and their nine children from Bradford who are feared to have travelled to Syria to join Islamic State. The women failed to return to the UK last week after going on a pilgrimage to Saudi Arabia. EU Home Affairs Ministers are meeting in Luxembourg to discuss plans to relocate migrants who have arrived in Italy and Greece to other member states. The UK has already said it will not participate in the scheme. The MP for Luton South has called for the investigation into the death of Leon Briggs. To to be concluded as quickly as possible. It follows the death of 25-year-old Istiak Yousef in police custody in Luton on Saturday. Mr Briggs died in custody in 2013. Gavin shuka says the Independent Police Complaints Commission needs to finish that inquiry. It's hugely unfortunate that this happens against the backdrop of another ongoing IPCC investigation. I would urge them to reach the conclusions of their current investigation uh, to restore confidence in the public. A new report is warning that the health of tens of thousands of people with asthma is at risk because of errors in their care. The charity Asthma UK says many doctors are missing the signs that a patient's condition is getting worse and are often prescribing the wrong treatments. In sport, MK Dons, Luton, Stevenage and Wickham are in this morning's draw for the first round of the League Cup and Andy Murray starts his Wimbledon preparations at the grass court tournament at Queen's Club this afternoon. The weather cloudy at first, sunny spells later, a maximum temperature 21. Degrees Celsius, and you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties.
4: Just bear just bear with me. I've opened up a box and it's stopped the um doodah. Bear with me. There! We're in. Sexy smooth.
5: Never been near a universe.
4: guys just doing the hashtag project dark handshake with my good buddy and my project dark partner paul scoines yep what's your, what's your beef can't hear anything you mate. point sorry i can't hear anything well man. then how do you know what i just said
2: oh, sorry. Uh- <laughs> oh, you got me. To try
4: your head the, um, how about that
2: no that no that ah yes that's yeah. better yeah only just, though. OK, well, that's made hers go louder. It guys,
4: I'm not being funny, right? It's my show. Shut up. Coming up on the show today, I don't know. Why well, would I know? And bucks.
6: This is BBC Three
2: Counties Radio. Right. What's going on? Oh, OK. Is that better? Oh, that is better. Yeah, isn't
4: it, isn't it though? But it's flickering. I, honestly, mate, I couldn't give a stuff. Yeah. We're leaving this studio today. I know. Who's going to help me do a dirty protest? <coughs> Kelly?
7: Is that not Project Dark?
4: That's unfair. But it, it might be, though. If she knew. Um, yeah, it's the last day on Luton, guys, and we'll be sharing your Luton memories. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. I don't even know what that means. Uh, but if you, uh, ju- I know Justin is very emotional. This is what we'll do this morning. Justin is very, very emotional that we are leaving uh, Luton Me. Uh, um, oh, Seriously, I mean, uh, uh, it's got some good charity shops, but the records are overpriced, so uh, uh, so we- we're leaving. Justin is seriously very upset. If you wanna phone up and offer your messages of support and condolences, today is uh, the Justin Dealey helpline, except you phone in and you offer him words of support and condolence. Is. 08459 455 555 Or a room in, his house,
2: in your house If no, you live in Newton
4: Yeah exactly if, you, if you've got somewhere that he can stay He'll sleep on the floor With your wife Anything um, Then please 08459 455 555 Is the telephone number Clunky gear change coming up, guys. Five Thames Valley police officers facing charges of misconduct after a man died following a stop and search seven years ago have been cleared of all wrongdoing. Habibullah collapsed during a routine search in High Wycombe in July 2008. Paul Scorins, you've been following the case. Uh, This this misconduct hearing, what happened?
2: Well, all five officers were cleared of every single Accusation against them. So the accusations ranged, uh, but all five of them were charged with uh, dishonestly changing their notes uh, and their statements to reflect something else, to tone down the level of force that was used in the interaction with Habib Ullah. Uh, And one of those officers was also charged specifically uh, or accused specifically of using too much force. All of those charges against all of the officers were found not to be proven. So th- effectively, they are free to go back to work. Uh, what happened back in 2008? We've talked about Habibullah a
4: lot. Mm. Uh, one thing that I was unaware of until a bit later on in the story was that he um, was rumoured to be a drug dealer, um, and that um, he hid. Uh, crack cocaine which is a very powerful narcotic he hid it in his mouth yes Um, uh, so what what's the what's the story so
2: this is what happens in July 2008 yeah people is in a car driving around High Wycombe on uh, on a July evening police see the car they know that he's inside it they perform a routine stop-and-search there's sort of evidence that he is acting quite normally with them. He turns away from them and appears to put something into his mouth. Mm. At that point, the officers believe that he sees drugs. Mm. Turns out to be drugs. It's actually a package of crack cocaine, as you say. One of the officers, Detective Sergeant uh, Jason Lyles, performs uh, a backslap manoeuvre um, uh, on Habibullah uh, to, he in his words, to dislodge... Uh, the packet yep. um, he hits him with quite some force and there was a lot of discussion in the uh, in the panel hearing about whether it was too much force, whether or not it was the right manoeuvre, whether or not he did it too early could he have asked Habibullah to remove it, mm. could he have asked him oh, it, one of the experts said that he should have explained the consequences of swallowing a package of drugs to him in order yes. to before he went to the violence stage if you like yeah. Habibullah well, he collapsed um, became unconscious, went to hospital, died an hour and a half or so later. The next day, the officers are writing their statements, and they write, you know, that uh, some of the officers write that he was hit with some force, that he lurched forward, that uh, that some witnesses had said that they were he, they were strangling him, um, that his eyes were rolling through his head and stuff, and um, all of those statements were removed in the final statements uh, at the advice of the Police Federation lawyer who they'd enlisted to help them Mm. and that was the case effectively they took that information out and didn't tell the investigating authorities so the IPCC, the coroner the pathologists even weren't aware of that until later on and the case against them was that they took that vital bit of evidence in fact the uh, barrister representing sort of putting the case against them said that nearly every facet of information in this interaction with her people had been changed in mm. some way and that it was uh, uh, you know vital pieces of evidence had, had had gone and what he said was that this case went really to the heart of that relationship between the police and the public and anybody who'd ever been stopped and searched anybody who'd ever died in custody before would have uh, sympathy with this?
4: Um, supporters of the police are going to go, hey, this is great. They were doing their job. They did their job effectively. You know, it says, thought he shoved drugs in his mouth. Mm. Other sections of the community are going to go, well, it's another um, a black or Asian man that's died in police custody and the police have, in inverted commas, got away with it again. It's a really... Um, it's a really tough situation I can see arguments on both sides of this story what happens next is there I mean they, they,
2: they I'm assuming that the family of Habibullah could take out a civil case against them I believe that's going to happen later this year I mean the IPCC have said that they welcome the fact that this hearing was the first to be held in public mm. uh, misconduct hearings aren't usually done they hope it will become the norm um, they were happy that that happened they said it was right that uh, they look at the uh, way that these conducts are are um, held and they will go back and now assess how they do that. Um, Thames Valley Police have said that you know they um, want now to work with the community and try and move on from this Yeah I bet they did but they have been proven not to have yeah, done anything yeah, wrong. So yeah. it's really important to keep that in mind. It's just interesting, to the statistics on when uh,
4: black or Asian men, and it tends to be black or Asian men, die in police custody, the number of prosecutions that that are carried through and the number of times that police officers are found guilty is, is almost nil, isn't it? Well,
2: there's only, I think, been one uh, misconduct hearing which ended up being... Uh, a, a dismissal in terms of any police's time of doing it, and
4: that will will
2: people will be suspicious of that you know these gentlemen have
4: have, have been found not guilty of anything, but people will be suspicious and a woman sorry <laughs> yeah, a
2: police officer. so thank you uh, that, that, but people will be suspicious that it's oh, it's the police covering mm. the police's backs yes, and you know the assistant chief constable was the chair of the panel there was another police uh, woman on the panel there was an independent uh, get, uh, sort of member as well. Mm. Um, but you're right, there is a question about how independent it is but Mm. it is the force's decision, they are police officers, they should know how to do things and you know, it was a robust case, you had two barristers pushing the case for each side it's effectively like a courtroom but you know there's no charges if you like it. So an accusation. I
4: wonder if people would feel di- differently and we will get you know pe- there will be people very angry with this but I wonder if people would feel differently if it was uh, people do get upset by the police investigating the police don't they and uh, rightly or wrongly and uh, many people believe oh it's just you know it's, it's jobs for the boys and the girls and we're just
2: covering mm. that they're covering their own backsides. Don't know. There's that argument, absolutely. Um, what would you, I mean, do you have it in front of a, I mean, this, the, the CPS had assessed whether or not to press charges against these officers, they decided mm. there wasn't enough evidence to do that. Um, you, you know, the officers said that they acted, uh, the, 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 what the panel said at the end was that they were happy that the, um, the things which had been removed from the officers' evidence, was conveyed in the final statements so the 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 you know the fact that the force was used that was that came over mm. in the statements um they said that some of the things that had been written in the draft statements and they were just draft statements uh, were written in the heat of the moment mm. and you know people change draft statements so it's uh it's very interesting oh eight four five nine
4: four double five five double five
7: still looking very quiet there are no delays building up yet on the A1M or the M25 and Bishop Stortford, though on the A120 there's temporary traffic lights between the M11 Junction 8 for the Birch Hanger Services and Stansted Road which could cause some delays in Gerrard's Cross on the A40 West Common there's some road works going on there so that could cause some queues too and the A404 in Coleshill has electricity works going on at Wheeldon Lane which could also cause some problems but it's looking fine so far this morning and there are no major delays showing up on the train departure boards Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio.
4: Thank you so much, Sammy. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. It's 6.17. It's Tuesday, the 16th of June. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The police commander for High Wycombe is urging the community to move forward and work with the force after five officers were cleared at a misconduct hearing over the death of Habib Ullah. A Buckinghamshire mum says her son was radicalised in the county before going to fight with Islamic extremists. 25-year-old Thomas Evans from Woburn Green was killed in Kenya, and police have appealed for information about three sisters and their nine children from Bradford who who are feared to have travelled to Syria to join Islamic State.
1: NBC's three Counties Radio.
8: di bi di bi di bi di
1: Nick Coffer on BBC Three Counties Radio.
8: The book is all about how you can use nature
9: to make walking a detective game. There's no cost to spending um, ten minutes looking at all this stuff. Three mums from Hertfordshire have uh, got something a little bit different planned. Uh, This weekend
0: they're walking 100 kilometres.
1: We've done lots of training and we're aiming to complete it within 24 hours.
3: Nick Coffer. Is that a
0: maze in front of your house? It's called a parterre. It's a parterre, is it?
3: (laughs) I planted it myself with 540 plants, so I know it's a parterre. Award
10: winning Milton Keynes sports journalist Mike Calvin has written Gareth Thomas's autobiography. I've got to think
9: what you think, I've got to see what you see, I've got to hear what you hear, and that will be an inherently painful process.
1: Nick Coffer, weekdays from 12 on BBC Three Counties Radio.
11: the band.
4: Um, Let's... Shut up! Cry out loud, shut up! Let's go over to the Justin Dealey helpline and see how things are going. Kelly, how many people have called in so far to offer Justin Dealey condolences for leaving Luton?
3: Um, Can I lie?
4: Um, Yeah, with the BBC, it's what we do.
3: Oh, hang on, one person's... Oh, it's Dennis.
4: (laughs) (laughs) So, basically, nobody cares about Justin Dealey's feelings. mm -mm. That's a shame. We'll get Dealey up after half-past... Um, a 25-year-old Buckinghamshire man has been killed uh, fighting for Islamist militants in Kenya. The confirmation of Thomas Evans's death came yesterday after his brother found a photograph of his body posted on Twitter. Evans' mum told a Home Affairs Select Committee in February that as a non-Muslim, she'd had no support when she realised her son had been radicalised. Catherine's got more on this. What do we know about this Thomas Evans? Well,
12: we know that the 25-year-old left school at 16 and his mother describes him as being a normal boy until he split up with a long-term girlfriend and sunk into a depression. Uh, Thomas converted to Islam but was actually stopped from going to Kenya in 2011. Months later, though, he managed to fi- fly to Egypt. And in January 2012, he told his mum, We travelled from there to Somalia to join the Islamist group Al Shabaab. Um, he was on a watch list of suspects, and we know now that he died on Sunday when he was involved in an attack on a military base in Kenya close to the Somali border. Uh, the 25 the year old was actually among 11 Al Shabaab fighters who then stormed a nearby village. At least 50 British citizens are believed to have joined that particular group, which is an Al Qaeda affiliate and based in Somalia. and it's been behind a series of high-profile attacks. What
4: have the family said?
12: Well, his mother, Sally Evans, has spoken before about her shock that he'd been allowed to leave the country and the lack of support available to her as a, a, a non-Muslim. Um, in an interview with the BBC after the news of his death, she said she, that he'd been a fun-loving boy who changed because she believes he was mixing with the wrong people.
3: He obviously met some people with some very twisted, warped ideas of Islam. I mean, it's nothing to do with Islam, the way they're practising. Nothing at all. I'm very angry that they were prepared to put my son on the line, but they're still here. They're not brave enough to go out there themselves, so they've sent, unfortunately, my son.
12: And Sandy Evans also reiterated what she told the Home Affairs uh, Select Committee in February, saying that once she realised what was happening, she didn't know how to help him.
3: I didn't know where to go, who to turn to for advice. And Thomas was telling me that I was a racist all the time. I never thought he was going to up six and go to Somalia. I don't, he would never tell me what he was doing. He was just going off and he did say if the worst thing happened, I wasn't to cry because he'd be going to paradise.
12: Mrs. Evans had previously said that she'd rather see us on behind bars than fighting with the terror group. What happens next? Well, it's thought the authorities will now be looking at telephone records and trying to track uh, Evans' key contacts in Somalia and Kenya. They'll also be trying to piece together what happened between him joining the group in 2012 and now.
4: Uh, Heavy start to the show, guys. Don't worry. I can turn this around. I can turn this around.
6: for beds, hearts and bugs.
7: BBC Three Counties Radio to build up on the North Orbital Road around the M25 Junction 21A roundabout. It's still quiet in Amersham though on Wilton Lane where the electricity works going on at New Road but that could cause some delays later on and in Milton Keynes on Standing Way at the Kingston roundabout the road works there so expect delays. On the train to board, the 640 service from Milton Keynes Central to Birmingham New Street is delayed by 10 minutes. Smell the Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio.
6: Across beds, hearts and bugs.
7: This
0: is BBC Three Counties Radio i It's 6.30, I'm Simon Oxley. The police commander for High Wycombe is urging the community to move forward and work with the force after five officers were cleared at a misconduct hearing over the death of Habibullah. Mr Ullah died following a stop and search in the town in 2008, but Superintendent Ed McLean says he knows it will be difficult. A Buckinghamshire mum says her son was radicalised in the county before going to fight with Islamic extremists. 25-year-old Thomas Evans from Woburn Green was killed in Kenya. And police have appealed for information 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 about three sisters and their nine children from Bradford who are feared to have travelled to Syria to join Islamic State. Three Counties Sports,
1: BBC Three Counties Radio.
0: MK Dons, Luton, Stevenage and Wickham are in this morning's draw for the first round of the League Cup. The Dons are among the seeded teams in the southern section. Luton, Stevenage and Wickham are not seeded. The draw is announced at 10. The first round ties take place in the week commencing August the 10th. Watford, as a Premier League club, don't enter until the second round. Wickham have signed 20-year-old midfielder Ryan Sellers after his release by Bolton. It follows the signing of former Notts County and Bradford striker Gary Thompson, who's looking forward to teaming up again with Wickham from skipper Paul Hayes, who he played with at Scunthorpe.
13: For my time at Scunthorpe we we, we seemed to hit it off straight away. And um you know I, I can't see any of that changing to be fair. Obviously a bit more bit more experienced. But yeah, I mean I'm looking forward to the challenge again, like I say, I mean Paul's a great lad and um, hopefully our our partnership can
0: flourish again. Andy Murray will begin his grass court campaign at Queen's Club today with Rafael Nadal and Stan Wawrinka also featuring. Top seed Murray will play the Taiwanese qualifier, Yang Sun Liu, this afternoon. And in racing, Royal Ascot gets underway in front of the Queen today. From Ascot, Cornelius Lycett.
8: Amid all the usual Royal Ascot pomp and circumstance, some of the world's best racehorses will be in action here this week. Today, Ireland's Glen Eagles, trained by Aidan O'Brien with Ryan Moore is expected to add to his successes in the Newmarket and the Irish 2,000 guineas in the Group 1 St James's Palace stakes, though make-believe the French guineas winner challenges from France. In all, there are three Group 1 prizes. In the Queen Anne stakes, France's solo and the Hong Kong raider Able Friend head the field, whilst Irish sprinter Sol Power goes for an unprecedented hat-trick in the King's stand stakes.
0: BBC Three Counties News and Sport. The next full bulletin is at seven. It was often talked about
14: It was often raised But nothing was ever done about it To hear the way they talked about it No one could be saved. But nothing was ever done about it Shall I take back everything I've ever said and leave my whole life in silence instead? It was oversimplified, it was underthought. Nothing was ever done to stop it. Everything was fortified. All the lies were bought. Nothing was ever done to stop it. Shall I?
11: All my mistrust we never discussed anyone's reservations
14: shall I-
15: Dad pop. Where did that idea come from? Um, It came from my, my brain. You can smell memories. Clip that.
4: Morning, guys. Uh, right, uh, Kels, great to have you back.
16: Thank you. You're
4: welcome. Who's that guy?
16: I don't know. What
4: have we got in the papers? Well, Get I... Dealey up. I need a Dealey. I, need I always have suspicions vibe.
12: about Alan Titchmarsh. Yeah,
4: I bet. Is he's not on the list, is he? Uh, no. The I've... gardening list. He's on the, the gardening
12: list. He's on my list. Your gardening list. No. Of Of dodge pots.
4: Is he on that list? Which list is he on? That list or the gardening list? My
12: personal list of dodgepots. Okay, Is that legally binding? Yeah, listen to this. I think you'll agree. Uh, There's not a court in the land. What can do me for it? Telly gardener Alan Titchmarsh has revealed the best thing planted in his own green space is his hot tub.
4: Oh, Oh, Titchmarsh! I would have thought... Well, we all know Titchmarsh loves a bit of bush. Um, and mm-hmm. he loves, and I've also heard rumours that he loves plums and nuts as well. Mm-hmm. So a hot tub makes perfect sense, doesn't it?
12: Doesn't it, guys? The former Ground Force star, 66, said, It came with the house and we thought we'd get rid of it, but we tried it and, oh, my Ooh. goodness.
4: Get your titch, Marsh. get your titchmash. Or
12: what, what, how does my mum refer to him?
4: And um, this isn't That slimy little git? No, Tits Mars. Oh. But not on, not on
12: purpose. She thinks that's, that's what his name is.
4: She's thinking of Bruno Mars. He He's con- a right Tits Mars. He
12: continues. The worries of the day melted away and now I'm a fan. I'm totally addicted. I don't know anybody who's got in one who hasn't decided they're the best thing since sliced
4: bread. No, the best thing since sliced bread is sliced bread, you northern muppet. Oh. Sorry, Catherine, I shouldn't call you that.
12: Oh. Anyway, Titch Marsh has got one and he thinks it's brilliant.
4: I'm just going to read the headline and we're going to leave it here. Struggling to get to sleep makes you four times more likely to have a stroke. <laughs> As you said upstairs, Nature's sleeping pill. Now, guys, steady. Um, uh, anything else in the papers?
12: Yes, loads of things in the papers, but very few things of interest. Uh, yeah, here we've got one here. Oh, yeah. Parents yeah. are set to be charged £45 a year. What for?
4: Um Oh, for slapping their children, no. for um, fat children, no. for Islamic children, no. for dog children, no. for gay children, no. for lesbian children, no. transgender children, no. for children children, no. for getting rid of their children, well, for kind of drug children. No,
12: well, double back
4: for getting Islamic rid of, children.
12: No, getting rid of. Oh. Parents are set to be charged £45 a year to drop their children off at school in a controversial parking scheme.
4: Sorry, WTF? Yeah. Is that a flip?
12: The school wants to create a 50-space car park to solve traffic problems at the start and end of the day. Teachers fear pupils' lives are being put at risk by inconsiderate drivers who stop on double yellow lines, park in the middle of the road and just generally drive like plums. That sounds fair enough. They plan to provide their own parking at St Gregory's Catholic Academy, Stoke-on-Trent. Stoke. And charge drivers £2 a week or £15 a term.
4: Yeah, that sounds all right. Yeah. That sounds alright, oh, so they're going to provide you with parking spaces, yeah, fine, okay. Yeah. The point is, political correctness gone mad. Hang on, let me just play that clip. I like the mushy peas. It's one, the wrong one, but it'll do.
12: They've quoted one father who asked not to be named, might not even be real. He said it was up to police to enforce parking restrictions. He said, to build a car park for just 50 cars and charge people for using it for a few minutes a day is ridiculous.
4: Oh, jog on. Everyone, this is the problem, right? Justin, I think you'll back me up on this. Yep, yep. That was clever. Uh, everybody wants something for
15: free. They do. And they want it now. No. Are, you, are you in a box? Listen, I'm upstairs in the newsroom. This is a very emotional day for me. Oh, yes. here we go. It's the last ever day of us broadcasting... In Luton. We've been here since, what, 1985? Scoinsy is now following me around the building with a camera. So I'm upstairs in the news booth. This is where Simon Oxley broadcasts from. Guys, today, this means a lot to me.
12: I haven't been here since 1985. I've been here since about uh, 2000. still a long time. I've been here
15: since
4: 2012. Mm -hmm. So I'm not... I mean, I'm not... I'm not that bothered. What? I'm not that bothered. Do you want a clown or not
15: today? Oh. No, do you know what? I don't want a clown. No. No, I'm trying to lose a little bit of the L W. So on this emotional historic day, yeah. you won't celebrate with a clown. What sort of man are you?
4: I'm I'm trying to I'm I'm a fat man <laughs> who's trying not to be a fat man. I will go to Prizzy's afterwards. Yeah, um, yeah. But I'm try but I, well I'm gonna have scrambled egg and bacon, Atkins. <laughs> um, okay. But I'm just I, and I appreciate the offer of the clown, just. But yeah, I'm really yeah. struggling with um, I, I only had. Um, you half, don't look fat. Uh, yeah. thank you we should I've, have
12: said that earlier I've yeah. got a
4: big shirt on I only had half a dozen um, of your chocolate fingers I'm not <laughs> touching any of those sweeties that were sent in uh, but Justin yeah. let's see what we've been asking all morning for people to phone in mm, and mm. Cu- it's like when Robbie left take that except we are Robbie the building is take that yes <laughs> <laughs> and I
12: hang on but Robbie was alright in fact he was better
4: he wasn't afterwards he became a mess yeah, but, yeah, no, but at first when he, he was better. Do you remember when he bleached his hair? Yeah. Oh, Robbie. Yeah. And he
12: wore a lot of tracksuit tops.
4: Did a lot of drugs. A lot of drugs. I'm yeah, Robbie then, Williams. I'm doing a lot of drugs.
12: But then he was better.
4: Hi, I'm Rabbit Williams. I'm doing a lot of drugs. I'm so high, I'm putting on an American accent.
3: Have <laughs> you ever heard him speak?
4: When on drugs, I have, yeah. He
3: speaks <laughs> like this.
4: Oh,
15: I missed you, boss.
3: Thank
4: you, mate. I missed yeah. you too, yeah. fella. Yeah. Uh, so back. listen, we have, uh, we've asked people to call in this morning yeah. hmm. to offer you words of support hmm. through this difficult time. 08459 four double five five double five. Kelly, let's go to the lines.
3: OK, fader one is Susie. Hello, Susie. Hi. That's you doing the voice. <laughs> no, speechless. How many
4: people have called in to give Justin Dealey. Faded 2. Words of
15: wisdom? Do people not care about this? It
4: turns out, Justin, yeah. that, just that, that typical of the BBC, we're the only ones that are bothered about the BBC. Everyone's getting on with
15: their daily lives. Well, I can tell you right now, I've been on the streets. Oh, yeah. And the streets, they do care. Yeah, they do. All well, right. What have they said? Well, we got the Hungarian perspective Beautiful. earlier on, and yeah. uh, he was very upset, and okay. uh, a lot of people were saying, really, I never thought this day would come, okay. the day has arrived, and, yeah, they, they were getting emotional out okay. there.
4: Okay, Justin, we'll, yeah. um, we'll, we'll, well, we'll listen to that a bit later on. Yeah. Can I just read you one headline? Of course you can. Struggling to sleep gets you four times more likely to have a stroke. Good headline. Thanks very much indeed. <laughs> Cheers. <clears throat> go, go, actually, go away. Oh, well, thanks.
12: hang on, I mean, is there a phone-in in that? No. How do you get off?
4: No. To sleep? No. Um, Have we got any other stories? There's nothing in the papers today. I've not got a vibe. I've got no vibe today. I'm really just a bit... Secrets of your fingers. Here we go they're always doing this every week there's a story about your finger will tell if you're a good lover your finger will tell you if you're gonna be rich your finger will tell you if um, you're gonna stay faithful your finger will tell you if you've got long fingers you know it's just what's uh, what's the finger story today
12: a new study claims that the length of a man's fingers can predict his romantic behavior oh There we go Scientist I've been
4: told I've got magic fingers
12: scientists have discovered that men who have a shorter index finger when compared to their ring finger
4: is that peter pointer
12: index finger yeah is your peter pointer no mine's longer oh well w- what does I- that mean bad news magic fingers make more effort to um, impress women ladies? it's short finger syndrome
4: i've got long fingers though
12: right hang on they're more likely to pay for dinner give romantic gifts and take care of their appearance a longer ring finger no
4: i've got a longer index finger hang on you, you're confusing it hang you on. said a shorter index finger well at
12: first i did but now we're talking about a longer ring finger
4: well, that would still mean you've got a shorter index finger. If the ring finger is longer. It's, in, it's
12: not all about you, you know. Why?
4: But I don't understand what this? finger you're talking about.
12: I'm talking about your ring finger.
4: Right, it's shorter
5: than the my. The one index. with the ring on. Yeah.
12: A longer ring finger indicates greater exposure to the male hormone and that's what makes what's known as the digit ratio. The difference in length between the second and fourth fingers significant. Scientific scientific figures have shown that the amount of testosterone we're exposed to before birth has an influence over both our behaviour and our propensity to develop certain medical conditions. Blah, blah, blah.
4: Blah, blah, blah. Rubbish, rubbish, rubbish.
6: Travel news for beds, hearts and bugs.
1: BBC
7: Three Counties Radio. It's looking busy on the M25 anti-clockwise from Junction 20 for Kings Langley to 19 for Watford. It's also busy in Borehamwood on the A1 southbound from Holiday Inn towards the Stirling Corner. And in Mill Hill on Watford Way, that's so slow southbound from the apex corner towards Mill Hill Circus. On the A40 Oxford Road in Gerrard's Cross, there's electricity works going on at West Common. So that could cause some delays later on this morning. And looking at the train departure boards, the 647 service from Milton Keynes Central to London, Euston is delayed by 10 minutes. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties
4: Radio. Thank you, Sammy. 6.46, it's Tuesday the 16th of June. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The police commander for High Wycombe is urging the community to move forward and work with the force after five officers were cleared at a misconduct hearing over the death of Habib Ullah. A Buckinghamshire mum says her son was radicalised in the county before going to fight with Islamic extremists. 25-year-old Thomas Evans from Woban Green was killed in Kenya and police have appealed for information about three ..and their nine children from Bradford who are feared to have travelled to Syria to join Islamic State. Here's Kate with the weather.
17: Beds, hearts and bucks weather.
1: BBC
6: Three Counties Radio.
17: Good morning. It's quite a cloudy start this morning but already we're seeing that cloud thin and break. Quite chilly for some also but that's not going to last either. The sun up doing its job really nicely. It's going to actually be quite pleasant this afternoon. We're looking at a maximum temperature 21 Celsius. Sunsets at twenty-one twenty-five. Dry and clear overnight. Perhaps a little more cloud for the west you are by dawn. But the minimum temperature mild at 13 Celsius. Sun rises at 04.41 and it's another reasonably nice day tomorrow. Lots of sunshine in the morning but we could see the cloud arrive later on tomorrow afternoon as the front tries to wriggle south but it looks like we're going to get our peak in temperatures tomorrow as the maximum could reach 24 celsius one additional thing to mention today's pollen count is very high that's your forecast
4: guys. BBC Three Counties Radio. I've not got a vibe today, Catherine. I'm Where did it free, go? Because it? you
12: started out with one.
4: I mean, those, those uh, the, the stories at the start kind of, you know, yeah. big, big stories, heavy stories. Serious. And, um, they they, they sucked my vibe out. Well, one listener will be I can, happy about it. Uh, well, normally I can bounce back from that, but um, just today, it's not happening, man. It doesn't happen every day. Hey, listen, I can't give you gold every day. Sometimes you're going to get the bronze. Uh, Mark's in Bletchley. Morning, Mark. Uh, morning, Ian. Morning, Catherine. Good morning, Mark. How are we today? Well, Vi- vibeless. Tired and vibeless, Mark. Well, you'll get that back uh, You'll I'm... get that back after seven o'clock. But we're yeah.
18: in the rabbit hour. Yes. And yeah, I've got sympathy for
4: Justin. Tell me why, Mark. Tell me, sweet little he's,
18: wise. He's, he's, he's one of the better presenters. Great. Pres- I've been listening to Justin from the days when I used to listen to him at half past four in the morning. Blind. So when, yeah. when I was on the early shifts, I'd put the radio on and there he was.
4: He's and- not dead, by the way. If anyone's just tuned in, Justin's not dead. He's, <laughs> he's just being grumpy. Leslie Young
18: used to answer the phone. Oh yeah, and we used to, you know, and call in and text messaging
4: and the old fashioned text messaging. Hey, we're changing our phone number. Is that tomorrow that we change that? We're changing uh, our phone number. It's
18: oh three four five nine four
4: (laughs) double five five double five. You know more than me. Yeah. If there's an email from the boss, Mark, let's be honest, I don't, I, I don't really, I don't even open them. I open them so it shows I've opened it. I don't really read it. No, uh, you don't. No.
16: No. No.
18: But yeah, uh, I, should ma- I imagine Justin's wandering around with Paul's ghost because Paul's been there a long while, you know. Yeah. Yeah. he will join the rest of the ghosts of Free CR like Ronnie Barber and Martin Coots and John Pilgrim.
4: <laughs> They're all still there.
12: alive. They're all still alive. Mark. Here's
4: the question today, guys. Right? It's the last day here. The offices have kind of been stripped bare. They're kind of empty a little bit. There's still some. There's still some good stuff hanging around, Mark. Yeah. I'm. Tempted to put a little bit in my pocket and walk out with some of the goods here at 3CR. There's a few uh, vinyl records lying around. Yeah, oh yeah. Couple of tellys, a mixing desk. I'm tempted. I'm. I mean, Catherine, would you hold the door open for me as I load it into my car? I'm at my wit's end. I'm tempted, Mark, yeah. just to nick a few things from work as souvenirs. It will I, might will sell I some order, on at a car boot.
18: Well, if I'd caught hold of Mark, the engineer, I would have said, is there, is there anything left to go in? I'll uh, I'll take a bit. We
4: could sell Mark, it. the engineer, a car boot. Mark, have you ever nicked anything from work? No. No, no, boss. And by the way, licence uh, b- payers, thanks for all of the stuff that's going to be sitting in my boot for the next month. Um, uh, uh, well, I'll be honest. I have nicked some of the stuff from here. We've, we've all nicked some. Well, no, we've liberated some liberated. records. Exactly. We have not nicked. We have liberated some vinyl records.
15: Justin, you must have uh, nicked plenty of stuff over the years from here. Uh, no. No, not really. Everything's oh. been taken. Seriously, do you know what, even two years ago... Everything's been taken, seriously. Yeah, seriously, two years ago, even my Daniel O'Donnell CD was stolen from upstairs over the weekend. Weekends here are a nightmare. Didn't I give you the Daniel O'Donnell CD? No, no, it was sent to me and my oh, drawers upstairs know. have been raided. Oh. Everything has been taken, all Whoa. of my CDs. Whoa. The only thing they've left? My onesie.
12: Dude,
3: <laughs> 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 they don't want that.
15: Kel, are you going to nick anything today? That microphone looks good in front of you.
3: I was going to take one of the mic lights. <laughs> You can have it. I know.
4: I'm giving permission to strip this place bare, guys. (laughs) I
12: might um, chisel some of the chewing gum from underneath this desk. What do you
4: reckon? I'm going to steal Roberto Peronis. (laughs) I'm going to steal that guy
15: and have him in my car. He knows Al Pacino. What would you do with him? If If you had Rob at home... Robert Holmes. Yeah, no. If you had Robert Holmes, okay. Yeah. Who's Robert Holmes? R- no, Roberto. R- Roberto you, yeah. Peronis. Yeah, yeah. If you had Roberto Peronis at home, what would you do with him? Well, the the th- the. Come th- yeah, on, well, answer the question, mate. Listen, it's a it's a tough
4: question to answer, but let's just say it would involve sweet love. I'd talk to him about local politics. I'd talk to him about um, um, council affairs, then we'd make love. Really? Yeah. So yeah. Keep him and- for a day then. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Send it back. Come on, l- guys. Honestly, we all have to nick a souvenir from this place, don't we?
15: Don't Ooh, we? Yeah. I think most of it's already gone, <sighs> in, in a van. <sighs> Um, um, well, OK. Mark, you still there? Yeah, i Oh, what? I thought you'd gone! No,
4: I'm just listening to the band.
15: You're through to the J-Dog, Mark. Oh,
4: no. I
18: Justin, how you
15: uh, doing? Well, yeah, I'm, I'm OK, boss. I've, I've come back from uh, the gateway uh, of hell, Benadorm, and now it's uh, the last day in Luton. i
18: tell you what, Justin, I think us listeners will have a virtual group hug with you upstairs there.
15: Oh, oh. that means a lot. It
18: does. It does. Mm-hmm. We've been, some of us have been following your footsteps, you know. Yeah, for, for years and years. So. You've
4: got a stalker, Justin. I love a stalker. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
15: Ah. But
18: you've got your million record jukebox. Yeah, that's coming. Taking it to Dunstable, and we'll all be there listening to oh. when you broadcast out your news studio. Mark, I'm
4: going to cut you off now. <laughs> all right.
15: <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's not the, the Justin dearly love. Are you feeling better Justin? Yeah, feeling better. Yeah, I'm going to go and get a clown. I'm going to go onto the streets. Uh, so yeah, whatever you like boss, I'm up for it. I'm going to be professional. And uh, I'm going to go about my uh, why, daily business as normal.
4: Why are you going to be professional? What, what, do you want me to be when
15: unprofessional? Is, when is that, yeah. can you get the on? When has yeah. that ever started? Uh, well, I, 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 occasionally unprofessional.
4: Okay, I'm trying to think of what we can send you out on. There ain't, there ain't nothing. Oh, she's you on, on, the on the phone. phone?
15: Who's that? Oh, I don't like being down here because my radio car's been. Well, it's been taken to bits. Yep, they've uh, and they've stolen my Woody. Dismantled it. I've dismantled it.
4: Oh, here we go! Look at this. Right, hit, hit me. and here we go, guys. This is insania. How do we get in touch with this woman? A woman has advertised on Gumtree for a partner to share the first journey in a time machine. Yeah. That she built in her garage in Devon. <laughs> that is awesome, isn't it? I'm going to have some of
15: that. Quality.
4: You know, fancy. There's a brilliant film about a guy um, that puts an ad in the paper. Um, um, have you seen the film Irene? Where a guy puts an ad in the paper saying he's built a time machine and he's looking for someone to go with him. No. Oh, yeah. you should. You'd like it.
18: Would oh, would I? <laughs> no,
4: you wouldn't. What you got for us, Irene?
18: Um, I'm saying I will miss you not being at Luton, because um, Why? I knew a lot of you, the presenters, because I was at MK Heroes 2002. You were what? <laughs> MK Heroes okay. 2002. Well, Ask Justin. You all know what it is about.
4: Yeah, you're a hero
18: Toby, to me.
4: Toby, Toby, um, and... Toby, um... Well, yes. the thing is, Irene, I, I'm I'm slightly nervous, okay, about banging on all morning about us moving, because part of me thinks that the you may be an MK hero, and this may be very powerful to you. Part of me thinks most people, oh, they don't care. They don't. Most people don't care.
18: Well, I mean, it's a different studio. I've been
4: to your Luton studio. So have I. And it's, Well, it's, I know you work there. I do work there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Got yeah, got you there. Well, I mean, listen, yeah. the show will sound the same. If anything, the well, station it's was...
18: difficult to get to us and post for other people. Well, so they th- had to come up there.
4: But... Hello? The yeah, thi- I
18: mean, I wish pardon? you all the best. Thank you. And, um...
4: gonna... The thing is, if anything, we'll sound better.
18: Yeah, that might be good, because, uh, you know, we have had problems with the studio, haven't you? We have,
4: haven't we? Uh, Well, Irene, listen, don't worry. We're only going to be off air for three days. (laughs) Uh, What's the new number? Seven. (laughs) Oh, no, come on. I don't know it. What's the new number? Have you got a pen? Oh, no, 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 we're not, no, we're not. Keep listening. Give it us when you do it. I'll give you a call, Irene. Travel news for beds,
6: cards, and bugs.
7: BBC Three Counties Radio. Starting to look busy on the M1 southbound around Junction 10 for Luton Airport. And the M25 is busy anti-clockwise from Junction 7 for Maple Cross to 16 for the M40. In Bricketwood on the North Orbital Road, it's slow at the M25 Junction 21A roundabout. And on Heathbourne Road in Bushy, there's roadworks going on at Painsfield Road, so that could cause some delays. Looking at the train departure boards, there are no major problems showing up at the moment. Samantha Brough, BBC Three Counties
4: Radio. Thank you, Sammy.
0: It's seven o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, police appeal to Wickham community after misconduct hearing. Mum of Islamic terrorists says he was radicalised in Buckinghamshire and Luton MP wants custody death investigation resolved quickly.
1: BBC Three Counties Radio.
0: The police commander for High Wickham is urging the community to move forward and work with the force after five officers were cleared at a misconduct hearing over the death of Habib Ullah. Mr Ullah died following a stop and search in the town in 2008, but Superintendent Ed McLean says he knows it will be difficult. Paul Scoynes was at the hearing.
2: This was a case that was described as going to the very heart of the relationship between the police and the public. The panel deciding that all five officers had no case to answer in any of the charges that had been put to them. That they'd changed statements, that in one case of an officer using too much force, all of the accusations against those officers was found not to be proven. That means they can go back to work, and Abibullah's family have said that they will fight on in a civil action.
0: A Buckinghamshire Mum says her son was radicalised in the county before going to fight with Islamic extremists. Kenyan officials say 25-year-old Thomas Evans from Woban Green was killed fighting for al-Shabaab in an attack on a military base on Sunday. Sally Evans says he mixed with the wrong people.
3: He obviously met some people with some very twisted, warped ideas of Islam. I'm very angry that they were prepared to put my son on the line, but they're still here. They're not brave enough to go out there themselves, so they've sent unfortunately
0: my son. Police have appealed for information about three sisters and their nine children from Bradford who are feared to have travelled to Syria to join Islamic State. The women failed to return to the UK last week after going on a pilgrimage to Saudi Arabia. EU Home Affairs ministers are meeting in Luxembourg to discuss plans to relocate migrants who've arrived in Italy and Greece to other member states. The UK has already said it will not participate in the scheme. The MP for Luton South has called for the investigation into the death of Leon Briggs to be concluded as quickly as possible. It follows the death of 25-year-old Istiak Yusef in police custody in Luton on Saturday. Mr Briggs died in custody in 2013. Gavin Shuka says the Independent Police Complaints Commission needs to finish that inquiry. It is hugely unfortunate that this happens against the backdrop of another ongoing IPCC investigation. I would urge them to reach the conclusions of their current investigation uh, to restore confidence in the public. A new report is warning that the health of tens of thousands of people with asthma is at risk because of errors in their care. The charity Asthma UK says many doctors are missing the signs that a patient's condition is getting worse and are often prescribing the wrong treatments. In sport, MK Dons, Luton, Stevenage and Wickham are in this morning's draw for the first round of the League Cup and Andy Murray starts his Wimbledon preparations at the Grass Court tournament at Queen's Club this afternoon. The weather cloudy at first, sunny spells later, a maximum temperature temperature. Twenty one degrees Celsius, and you can get the latest news and sport online at BBC.co.uk slash Three Counties.
4: Morning in the BBC Three Counties Radio of All Places. We're not going to bang on about the move all day. I, I, Well, I don't think most people are interested. The BBC does have a tendency to disappear up its own sea. Ever notice that? Yeah, oh, uh, you know. You won't notice a difference. We'll notice the difference. going, hey, you bit, sweaty. Sorry. You actually got sweat pouring off you. Yeah. How on earth are you going to cope with uh, hashtag Project Dark? Uh, don't worry. OK. In hand. Yeah, <laughs> See, It's back to those uh, people that struggle to fall asleep. Anyway, if you want to take part in the show, you know, yeah, go on. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thames Valley police officers facing uh, charges of misconduct after a man died following a stop and search seven years ago have been cleared of all wrongdoing. Habib Ullah collapsed during a search in High Wycombe in July 2008. Uh, our reporter, Paul Scorings, has been following the case. Uh, it was the misconduct hearing that was yesterday, is that right? Well, it's been ten days, actually, right, okay. and, and they held it in conclusion.
2: Newbury, of all places, right the way down uh, in Berkshire, because so, Thames Valley, big force. It's a very big force. Mm. Uh, what, what happened? Well, yesterday all five officers were cleared of all wrongdoing and they'd been accused of discreditable conduct was the term that was used and that was relating to all of them changing their accounts of what happened uh, that day back in July 2008 when Habibullah was um, Uh, stopped and searched in High Wycombe and uh, died shortly afterwards. Now, uh, what their accounts had included was references to the amount of force that was used in that stop and search, references to how he acted after that force had been used. There was also a a charge of discreditable conduct against uh, one of the officers, one of the most senior officers there, actually, uh, DS Jason Lyles, who uh, had been also charged with the amount of uh, force that he used in a backslap to Mr. Uller after he saw him or appeared to saw him uh, to see him um, put something into his mouth, which later turned out to be a packet of crack cocaine. he said that uh, he was. He administered this backslap uh, uh, to try and dislodge it. He was worried about uh, Mr Uller's health. And um, the panel found yesterday that there was no case to answer, that it was an instinctive move in a very dangerous situation uh, that was done responsibly. So uh, all of the other uh, officers as well were cleared. And uh, the fact that they changed their evidence, they removed some of those things that I talked about, The um, References to how hard it was, references that he was rolling his eyes, that he was struggling to breathe, that one witness had said that you're strangling him. All of those things have been taken out. The officers said they did that at the advice of a police lawyer, of a police federation lawyer. And the panel yesterday found that that advice was good and that the officers could go back to their work.
4: Uh, just give us a bit more background to what happened in 2008. There was the suspicion that Mr Uller was a, a drug dealer. Yeah,
2: he was driving around in High Wycombe. They uh, followed him and stopped him uh, in a car park. Um, he was acting, by all accounts, quite well with them uh, and then turned around. And it was that moment that he turned around and appeared to put something into his mouth that DS Lyles took action. Uh, he fell to the ground. Some of the statements said that he lurched forward, some of the statements said that he was struggling on the ground, some of the uh, statements said that he was unresponsive. Those had all been changed and altered, and the barrister putting the case against the police officers said that every facet Mm. of their interaction, nearly every facet, sorry, of their interaction uh, with Habibullah had been changed in some way. And he said that vital pieces of evidence were withheld from the official investigation by the Independent Police Complaints Commission and also the coroner who went through a process, had to stop it and start again because of this evidence, so it, uh, he said, impacted greatly on the uh, process of finding out exactly what happened. So this evidence definitely was um, the, changed or excluded? Oh there's no doubt about that. But the, why? Because uh, the a police lawyer said that some of it was done in the heat of the moment when some of the officers were tired and emotional uh, and it uh, was vague and irrelevant in some cases. Um, And the panel agreed. (laughs) What The IPCC, I should say, Ian, as well, the IPCC said they they accept that draft statements are just that. They are draft statements, and when you come to the final statement, it may change. Mm. And what the uh, panel decided was that the... Evidence that the officers had submitted the signed statements that they finally submitted were not of that greater difference from the sort of general. Tenet Do we know we some of the stuff about. that
4: was excluded that was
2: taken out? Yes. So we have the references to the force, references yeah. to you know how he was acting, references to witnesses. Yeah. Um, there were references to how one of the officers was holding Habibullah, which was sort of a, a, a hold a hold of the chin and the back of the head. Yeah. The officers said they were trying to stop him from swallowing it and from choking. Um, All those things you said that have been that were excluded, they
4: do sound quite important. Surely, in in an instance where a gentleman has died, mm. in any kind of crime, but in an instance where a gentleman has died, um, you can't have too much
2: evidence in a statement. Can you? I I wouldn't have thought. Well, what the uh, Assistant Chief Constable of Thames Valley Police, Laura Nicholson, who's the chair of the panel, said is that the public may find it unusual that officers did change their statements. I'm finding it unusual as a member of the public, yes. But that it is normal for uh, statements to be altered in some ways. Uh, the more reflect. suspicious, the um, uh, well, no, I was going to say the conspiracy theorists, not even the conspiracy theorists, but the more suspicious might think it is the police covering their own backsides. Well, the police would say what they've done here is the first time they've ever done it in terms of really, is hold this misconduct hearing yep. in public. Yep. Now, what we didn't hear, of course, was the deliberations, the conversations between the panel members. There were three panel members, a lay member, so not a police officer, but mm. two police officers. We didn't hear those uh, conversations, but we had everything else. We had all the other pieces of evidence. I am abridging it entirely because it was ten days, so I'm skipping through lots and lots of extreme detail. We heard from experts about the use of force. We heard we heard interesting that Thames Valley Police had never done training on mouth searches, and that's something that the force is going to go and have a look at. Um, there is also, you know. Uh, uh, concern about whether or not the um, area in which Mister Ulla was struck was actually a red zone or a green zone, so something which would be, you know, safe to strike somebody with force out, or something which would be very much not safe. And I... it was decided that it actually where he was hit, right on the spine, was an unsafe area. I would imagine
4: that uh, Mister Ulla's family are not particularly happy with this.
2: They're disappointed, but they say they're not surprised. Yeah. We'll be hearing from them in the next hour, and uh, they say that. They welcome the fact the process was held in public, they accept that Habibullah was doing wrong at the mm. time, that's never been in question, they, they understand that he was a, wrong, you know, doing something illegal, mm. um, but what they say is, even if you are a criminal, you should be entitled to, to certain rights. Yeah, well, the, the, the right know. to not die is certainly one. What, what, what exactly did he die of? well the verdict was recorded as death by misadventure
4: so did he die from having from from the the, the the this is the thing isn't it we don't know we did if it was from having the crack in the mouth whatever we don't know whether
2: it was choking caused yeah. by the crack in the mouth or whether it was you know the the blow to the back of it. i mean what i understand is that it wasn't entirely down to the force of the blow mm. i mean the force was done as a in the panel it was decided that it was a first aid manoeuvre effectively done mm. as a sort of instinctive uh, move to try and dislodge the uh, uh the drugs now the barrister against the officers um I wouldn't say for the prosecution because it's not a mm. trial but the barrister actually said that you know they they had no idea where the drugs were in his mouth whether they were in his cheek whether they were in the throat they didn't know they didn't he actually For sure, know whether or not they were there at all. Mm. Um, What uh, one of the experts, who actually (coughs) was, excuse me, was completely dismissed by, or not completely, but was dismissed by uh, the panel uh, in their statement, was said that uh, he hadn't gone, uh, or they hadn't made enough attempts to try and get him to remove the uh, Uh. the drugs. Uh, Voluntarily. Mm. They also hadn't explained to him whilst he was turned around the possible impact of swallowing the drugs on his health. Guys, you put crack in your mouth. uh, I I think you've got a pretty good idea that that's a dumb thing to do. But they also said if it was an evidence uh, uh, kind of concern that they could have waited and the drugs would have passed through his system eventually. But the uh, officers were saying that this was not their thought their thought was for the concern of happy buddha and uh but it's interesting was this
4: check. um happened in high wickham where there has been trouble recently which i think has, has has kind of moved on from its original point but was was initially linked with you know the vandalizing of the cars mm. initially linked with um the death of another gentleman in police custody i just wonder um you know the the, the relationships between Um, Certain parts of the community and the police are not at their greatest, and stuff like this doesn't help. And I know that the Thames Valley Police are are saying to everyone, "Okay, let's move on now." Well, it's easy for Thames Valley Police to say that, but there will be people in the community who feel slighted by
2: this decision. There are obviously some people within Mr. Ullers' family and the community who are, you know, concerned about. I mean, there's some the Twitter feed. The justice for Pap's Twitter feed yesterday was saying that it was a whitewash. Mm. Um, I got a sense from the family that they uh, were glad that it had concluded that they had had um, you know the chance to have a look at some of this evidence. This isn't the end for them though. They will uh, open a civil action against mm. the force later this year, I believe, as possibly as uh, as early as November. Um, but it is uh, you know the, the the decision yesterday, which is a full exoneration of all the officers, um, means that you know from the police's perspective, those officers are without fault and can return to work.
4: Okay, Paul. Thank you very much indeed. Paul Scowins, oh eight four five nine four double five five oh five, and giving the phone number to the listener, not to you. You don't need to call me up. I can do that. No, if you've got anything you want to say, you can just say it to my face if you're man enough. <laughs> okay. What do you want to say? Because. I've been hearing rumours, say it to me. What what rumours? The album by Fleetwood Mac, I've been hearing rumours. It's a great
2: one, isn't it?
6: Travel news for beds, hearts and bugs.
1: BBC
7: Three Counties Radio. The M25 is busy anti-clockwise from Junction 21 for the M1 to 19 for Watford. And it's slow on the M1 southbound around Junction 10 for Luton Airport 2. And the A5 southbound approaching the M1 at Junction 9 for Redbourne is looking very busy on the speed sensors. The A1M is slow southbound past Junction 8 for Hitchin towards 7 for Stevenage. And the A1 is also busy southbound from the St Neots Junction towards the Black Cat Roundabout. On the train departure boards, no major delays are showing up at the moment. Samantha Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio.
4: Thank you very much. Right, 7.15. It's Tuesday the 16th of June. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The police commander for High Wycombe is urging the community to move forward and work with the force after five officers were cleared at a misconduct hearing over the death of Habib Ullah. A Buckinghamshire mum says her son was radicalised in the county before going to fight with Islamic extremists. 25-year-old Thomas Evans from Woban Green was killed in Kenya. And police have appealed for information about three sisters and their nine children from Bradford who are feared to have traveled to Syria to join Islamic State.
1: BBC Three Counties Radio.
19: From midday today, our phone number is changing. Hello,
7: thanks for calling BBC Three Counties Radio.
19: You'll have to dial 03 459 455 0345945555 to take part in the phone-in. The
7: damage is all my responsibility.
1: Get
19: your questions answered by Nick's experts.
4: Can you just protect against parvo? Then chat to Ian. Matt's on the line, morning, Matt.
19: Hello. Oh, so I miss
4: this Matt. Or to me. Hi, Roberto, you are. Right?
19: And in a lot of cases, 03 numbers are part of your inclusive calls on your mobile. Oh. So remember, from midday today, you need to dial 03 459 455 555 to stay in touch with the BBC
4: Three Counties Radio. Oh, cheeky. Let's have some Texas, Catherine. Let's.
12: OK, Maffin <laughs> Hanslope. I, for one, have some sympathy for the J-Dog. When we go to watch the Mighty Hatters, we drink in the Black Horse in Hastings Street and walk past your building. Oh. The word on the street will be dull in Dunstable. Though it could boost the use of the busway, says Maffin Hanslope.
4: I don't. Mo- I think Dunstable will be all right. Most people don't care. That we're mo- Most, most yeah. people aren't bothered at the BBC. We do have a, a, a great fascination with our own navels and uh, you're moving, moving. these studios oh, are an a...
12: embarrassment. Let's get out. I've had enough.
4: Let's get out.
3: Um,
12: hi Ian. I'm pleased for the five officers that have been cleared of misconduct charges. Says Patonhowen Regis. They must have gone through hell. Certain parts of our community will never accept our justice system, but thank goodness for it. These officers should sue the family for putting them through the misery they must have suffered because they did their job to arrest a criminal carrying drugs.
4: Uh, What certain parts of the community?
12: I don't know what he means.
4: Nope. Anything else?
12: Enjoy your new studio. It'll be good if it sounds better. Can we get it on a digital station then? You may be late for work, though. Constant traffic jams in Dunstable, says L. Yeah, not it's when not we're driving at four
4: in the morning, there won't be. Let's Right, let's ban all talk of moving for the rest of the show, cos it's, right. yeah. it's boring. It's boring. No-one cares about it. It's boring.
12: Alright, what do we talk about, then?
4: I don't, I, I've got no idea this morning. I've got nothing. I'm a spent force. Uh, It's been confirmed a 25-year-old Buckinghamshire man has been killed fighting for Somali Islamist group Al-Shabaab this weekend. Thomas Evans from Woburn Green was the subject of Home Affairs Select Committee meeting in February when his non-Muslim mother told MPs she'd had no support once she realised he'd been radicalised. The 25-year-old was prevented from flying to Kenya in 2011, but months later managed to leave the country and make his way to Somalia. Well, Paul Beaver is a security expert. Joins me now. Morning, Paul. Morning, Ian. Uh, It it seems it was only a matter of time, doesn't it, before a British uh, terrorist will be killed during an attack by al-Shabaab?
20: Well, the the problem is that we have around 500 people um, who have British passports who've gone to join IS um, in Iraq or Syria, and of those, around uh, 50 have been killed. Um, But this is the first time that somebody's been killed with a a different group. Al-Shabaab is 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 not really the sort of the mainstream if you like of 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 terrorism and um, it's a group based in in somalia which spends most of its time attacking innocent people who live in kenya just over the border and the border with between somalia and and kenya is as you would expect in east africa very open so dead easy to drive in and out and this particular attack was on an army base which has been particularly successful in stopping traffic across the border um, and 15 uh, al-Shabaab terrorists were killed uh, by the Kenyan army uh, and one of them happened to be a British passport holder.
4: Thomas's family uh, have spoken in the past about their frustration that he was allowed to leave the country. He had been stopped before. How does how does that work that, that he, he'd been stopped once but then is allowed to leave another time? Well it,
20: it seems that it probably, and we don't know all the facts of course, may have been that he went uh, and left for a different different part of the world and sort of transited Mm. through uh the the problem we've got is we don't have enough people um to police the border and 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 you wonder whether or not we want to be in that sort of state Uh, i remember once one of our former home secretaries in the time of mr blair's government saying that he couldn't actually tell the prime minister how many people were in the country you know exactly how many people in the country because we don't police those those leaving and you you would have Got on an airliner at Gatwick or at Newton or somewhere and um uh, to, to leave the country and very rarely um are you stopped by the border uh, force sometimes you 're stopped by um uh, by a random check uh, but it is difficult to to do that and and one of the problems that that we've got is uh, this we, we, we're not allowed to profile people. So we you know, for example, everyone with a very long beard and, and dark skin isn't going to get stopped because that wouldn't be fair. Um, so you, you have a real issue of, of identifying these people who are on what are called watch
16: lists. Mm. And there are a
20: whole bunch of them. But most of the watch lists, of course, are police for people coming in. We don't want people coming in to, to deliver
16: terror. And that's,
4: intre- that's the thing, is that if these people want to go and fight in Syria or, or Somalia or Iraq or wherever they want to go, why don't we just let them go, but, you know, as long as we don't let them back in? Does it, does it you know, is it really a problem for us if they go off and they blow themselves up?
20: This is a moral question, isn't it? It's also, mm. I suppose, a, a political question as well. I mean, do we really care? In the 1930s, we allowed people to go and fight in the spanish civil war on both sides both on the fascist side and on the communist side um it was they, they as far as i'm aware and, they, and then we did have border checks um we didn't um uh, stop them uh, uh, what's the difference here i suppose the difference here is if these people leave jewsbury or birmingham or cardiff or high wickham uh and go across um to somewhere else and learn the art of terrorism and learn how to make bombs and learn, get fully radicalized, um, and then do come back, uh, that's an issue, that's yep. an issue for us. And also, if they once are there, start to encourage their friends. Now this is, it seems to be what's happening, is that these people are bringing their friends over from school or from work or from groups that they might be with. Um, and they're enticing them to leave the country um, and go. So that's an issue as well. I One po- of the real problems, Ian, yeah. is that we don't understand this radicalisation process. We don't understand how the IT works. And these guys do. They're so much better than us. And to be honest, most of the people who are uh, looking at this problem are, are a bit like me. They're, um, uh, I'm in my 60s. Mm. Um, I spent forty years in in uh, in doing defence and and security stuff of various sorts. Um, uh, I know I, I know what I know. I also know what I don't know, I and mean, I don't know enough about IT, I don't know enough about young people, nor about
4: the Muslim oh, community, and I'm not one of them. Thank you so much for saying that, because so often we get, in inverted commas, experts coming on who are generally white, middle-class men in their 40s, 50s and 60s, kind yeah. of expounding on why this happens. And you're right, I'm, I'm 42, I barely remember what it was like to be a 17-year-old or a 22-year-old man that felt excluded from society and felt slighted, and, and it is... We can't. We don't know what it's like to be a young man or a young woman that feels like that, that feels excluded, that feels ignored, that feels slighted, that feels angry for whatever reason, and is open to influence of of um, you know slightly dodgy people. I, and, and you're absolutely right, and that is exactly what the problem is. We've we've not
20: you and I I don't suppose have been radicalised at all. I you know I, I'm, I'm just not. Mm. I don't fit into that profile and. It's very difficult for people. And and of course, I'm fairly typical of of Home Office civil servants, of police officers, um, of politicians in particular. and, and, and thereby is a problem. We need to do more to understand what drives people. Then how do we and, do that? Do
4: because one of the, uh, there, there are so many campaigns from the government or from the police recently, we're going to start a Twitter campaign, as if that's going to stop, you know, a bloke in, in Luton from um, being radicalised. A, a, a hashtag isn't going to have any effect, is it?
20: <laughs> well, as my 13-year-old son would say, um, Twitter is just so old hat. Dad, oh, you know? isn't that I mean, interesting? You know, you know, it's, uh, they've moved on, uh, they've moved on to WhatsApp, they've moved on to a, a whole bunch of other
4: Isn't that interesting?
20: That do not record the messages, so you can't go back and get mm. the information. And do not require anybody to answer them. Well, mm. the thing about some of these systems, and IS uses this tactically on the battlefield, Um, They can send tactical messages because the whole of the Middle East has got mobile communications. They are such, you know, we complain about our broadband here. We don't complain about that in in, in Iraq because it's a really good system. There's lots and lots of, of mobile communication. One of the things that they can do with this is send messages that don't require any receipt to be made. The only thing that happens is if somebody turns on, opens the message and reads it. That's recorded and then immediately deleted. So orders can be passed to people without there being any trace. But We need to get into that IT culture that they've got, and we need to get to one step ahead of them. Paul, At the uh, moment, they're five steps
16: ahead of us.
4: While, while I've got you on, uh, the, the, the front page of The Sun, and I, I'm not sure quite how much to read into The Sun story, but I heard this story breaking on Radio 4 yesterday about the, um, the three mums and the nine kids mm. who were on holiday, um, yeah. and then they never came back. The Sun is saying they've, they've run off to Syria to join IS. That's certainly possible. Um, but th- th- their husbands are saying that even they didn't know what was going on and if we believe what their husbands have said and they were completely in the dark this is the thing isn't it this is you know you you can harbor one can harbor these um these dark secrets these fantasies this desire to go off and fight and join things and everyone goes well what about the families why didn't the families know well they don't tell the families i think i don't think
20: people do i mean i I could believe these husbands i think that there is a we talk about a radicalization of young men going to fight, but of course we know there's a of young, a radicalization of young women um uh, that, that go out to support mm. and, it, and and it is it's something i'm uh, you know, i'm I was brought up um Church of england you know uh, and i had uh, uh, and when I was young, I had I went to a, a, um, I went to a boarding school, which was nearly fifty percent Iraqi and Iranian. Interestingly enough, um, so I had a pretty good smattering uh, in my youth of uh, of the Shia um, version of of Islam, mm. um, and uh, so I know quite a lot about that. Um, but I'm not. Um, I'm not an expert in in these areas and I don't think we have enough people um, who really do know and really do understand what drives Mm. women. We we tend to concentrate on the men because they tend to do the fighting. We should also take an interest in, in women because they are the sort of people who who will become um suicide bombers we don't understand how that process works either how do you convert a young man from jewsbury um to go out to is at 17 strap on explosives and go and blow himself up i mean you know, who in their right mind can believe that that's mm-hmm. either morally good or you get some benefit from it like going to, to paradise
4: paul i have to move on i could talk to your morning we'll get you back again if that's all right because that's fascinating
20: my, my great
4: pleasure, Well thank you very much indeed. That's Paul Beaver, a security expert. And it's the first time, the first time, I've heard an expert, Catherine, come on and say, I'll be honest, I'm a 60-year-old bloke. I don't understand how the mind of a young person works. And that's that's the thing. That's the thing that I've been trying to get across for ages and haven't been able to word it as well as that. You get all these government ministers, all these um, these police officers, all of these, um, you, you know... Community experts. leaders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, generally, older people yeah. in their 40s, 50s and 60s, quite often white, middle-class people, talking about why a 17-year-old Muslim lad um, decides to go to, to Syria. Why, why a, a 20-year-old or 15-year-old Muslim girl decides to go. Off to Iraq, you know, and they don't know. Or hosting coffee mornings, and we all like to. Yeah, we all like to think we remember what it was like being a teenager. I've got a vague recollection. Um, but I don't, I, I don't remember the angst, I don't remember the pain, and my life was all right, you Tell know. Tell you
12: what, I do remember knowing that if I was doing something that my parents would disapprove of, I wouldn't go to a meeting involving everybody else's parents.
4: No, you're not going to get a 17-year-old disenfranchised boy or girl going to talk to a 42-year-old white bloke me and a 60-year-old white bloke and a couple of coppers to, uh, to talk about the evils of radicalisation, because we're the bad guys! We're the bad guys! The other thing
12: we've heard from some of the imams, oh. the, the more open-minded imams is, they recognise the fact that these meetings, these other these sort of outlying mosques, are happening in people's back rooms. They're not yeah. listening to the teachings that are going ahead in most of the big mosques.
4: And how interesting, Paul's 13-year-old son saying oh, Twitter, so so past it. Sure, he didn't say that like that. He said it would have said it in some hip street language. Lame. Yeah. It's, it's the twi- oh, Twitter's so old-fashioned. I mean, well, yeah, exactly. You know, it's old-fashioned because the police are doing hashtag campaigns. So you know, once once the once the establishment is using it, it's dead, man. I really enjoyed that. We'll get pulled back good. again. Right, seven thirty. Let's get the trav. <laughs> Travel
6: news for beds, cards and bugs.
7: BBC Three Counties Radio. In Bishop's Saltford on the A120 eastbound, the exit slip road at junction 8 for Stortford Road has been partially blocked by a vehicle that's broken down there. On the M1, it's slow southbound past junction 10 for Luton Airport and it's busy on the M25 anti clockwise from junction 20 for Kings Langley to 16 for the M40. In Hemel Hempstead on the A41, it's looking very busy southbound from the Hemel Hempstead turn off towards the M25 at Kings Langley and in Beaconsfield on Amersham Road. That's very slow between Longbottom Lane and the A40 London Road. No reports of any problems on the train so far. Samantha Brough, BBC Three Counties Radio.
6: Across beds, hearts and bugs.
7: This is BBC Three
1: Counties Radio.
0: It's 7.30. I'm Simon Oxley. The police commander for High Wycombe is urging the community to move forward and work with the force after five officers were cleared at a misconduct hearing over the death of Habib Ullah. Mr Ullah died following a stop and search in the town in 2008, but Superintendent Ed McLean says he knows it will be difficult. A Buckingham shaman says her son was radicalised in the county before going to fight with Islamic extremists. 25-year-old Thomas Evans from Woburn Green was killed in Kenya. And police have appealed for for information about three sisters and their nine children from Bradford who are feared to have travelled to Syria to join Islamic state three counties sports
1: bbc three counties radio
0: MK Dons, Luton, Stevenage and Wickham are in this morning's draw for the first round of the League Cup. The Dons are among the seeded teams in the southern section. Luton, Stevenage and Wickham are not seeded. The draw is announced at 10. The first round ties will take place in the week commencing August the 10th. Watford, as a Premier League club, don't enter until the second round. Wickham have signed 20 year old midfielder Ryan Sellers after his release by Bolton. It follows the signing of former Notts County and Bradford striker Gary Thompson, who's looking forward to teaming up again with Wickham. Skipper Paul Hayes, who he played with at Scunthorpe.
13: For my time at Scunthorpe, we, we, we seem to hit it off straight away, and um, you know, I, I can't see any of that changing to be fair. Obviously, a bit more, bit more experienced, but yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to the challenge again. Like I say, I mean, Paul's a great lad and um, hopefully our, p- our partnership can flourish again.
0: Andy Murray will begin his grass court campaign at Queen's Club today with Rafael Nadal and Stan Wawrinka also featuring. Top seed Murray will play the Taiwanese qualifier Yen Sun Lu this afternoon. Murray thinks his chances of success have been helped by the tournament being moved back a week in the calendar. It
8: makes a, a huge difference because if it had been set up the, the way that it had always been set up a finish playing on Saturday in Paris and you basically have one day to adjust to a completely different way of moving, a, a different surface, which puts very different sort of strains and stresses on your body. It, it isn't. I don't. I don't think that that's safe. So
0: having this extra week now is a lot better for everyone involved. And in racing, Royal Ascot gets underway in front of the Queen today with the feature race, the St James's Palace Stakes. BBC Three Counties News and Sport. The next full bulletin is at eight.
21: Hi there, nice to be with you. Happy you could stick around. Like to introduce Legs Larry Smith, drums. And Sam Spoons, rhythm pole. And Vern Dudley Bohay Noll, bass guitar. And Neil Innes, piano. Come in, Rodney Slater on saxophone. With Roger Ruskin Spear on tenor sax. Hi, Vivian Stanchel, trumpet. Big hello to Big John Wayne, xylophone. And Robert Morley, guitar. Billy Butlin, spoons. And looking very relaxed, Adolf Hitler on vibes. Nice. Princess Anne on sousaphone. Introducing Liberace, clarinet with Garner Ted Armstrong on vocals.
5: We a
16: ooh, we are, ooh, we are.
21: Lord Snooty and his pals tap dancing. In the groove with Harold Wilson, violin. And Franklin McCormack on harmonica. Over there, Eric Clapton, ukulele. Hi, Eric. On my left, Sir Kenneth Park, Bass sax. Great honor, sir. And specially flown in for us a sessions gorilla on Vox Humana. Nice to see incredible shrinking man on Euphonium. Drop out with Peter Scott on Duck Call. Hearing from you later, Casanova on Horn. <laughs> Yeah! Digging General DeGall on accordion. Really wild, General. Thank you, sir. Roy Rogers on trigger. Tune-in Wild Man of Borneo on bongos. Count Orchestra on triangle. Thank you. Great to hear the Rollinsons on trombone. Back from his recent operation, Dandruff, hot. And representing the flower people, Quasimodo on bells. Wonderful to hear Brainiac on banjo. We welcome Baldunikin as himself. Very appealing, Max Jaffa. Mmm, that's nice, Max. What a team, Zebra kitten, and Horace Bachelor on percussion. My a great favourite and a wonderful performer, all of us here, J. Arthur Rank on Gone.
4: Morning, Peter! Good morning. What would you like? Lo- I thought you were dead. You haven't called us for ages. What have you been listening to if it's not us? Oh, I've a having programmes. Go, go on, Do you, I don't mind. What have you been listening to? Uh, I No, 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 I'll keep that to myself.
16: No, 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 <laughs> no, no.
4: Peter, you can't, you can't be seeing other radio presenters behind my back without telling me. I'm going to guess. But they're more attractive sometimes. Cheeky. <laughs> I'm going to suggest uh, LBC, Nick Ferrari. No, no. no I'm not going to tell you. Not Chris, you're not a Chris Evans kind of guy. No, definitely not. Radio 4, because I've heard you pop up on Radio 4. <laughs> well, uh, yes. Oh, you listen to Radio 4. Sometimes. Peter's got all intellectual on us.
22: You don't have to, because you, because you don't speak with a spoon in your mouth, it y- doesn't mean to say you're not intellectual. Well,
4: <laughs> <laughs> well Peter, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you've come crawling back to us. Now, when you was discussing with what, that chap about... What would you like to whinge about today?
22: Pardon? No, I'm, I was just going to say, with that chap you was talking to about security and the... And the yeah. Um, radicalisation of the people there was when you, uh, well when you uh, are streetwise, you find that you can read people much better for instance I'll tell you the difference when I was in national service yes. the ones from the poorer backgrounds cope much better than ones from the higher up Backgrounds really, right? Uh, middle class, that sort of thing. Yeah. Now, if you looked at the TV program where the people went were in so, the so-called jungle, and the, you had the chap who was in <laughs> in that Chelsea program, he didn't cope at all with that in the early days of it. Now, beca- he cried himself <sighs> to sleep.
4: Now, that was Hold a on.
22: typical thing that happened in National Service.
4: Are you? I'm confused. Are you actually comparing? The radicalisation of young people going off to fight for ISIS with um, Made in Chelsea.
22: No, I'm talking about identifying trends. A a guy with a streetwise background would be able to identify things happening much more than people who have never been in that situation. What is...
4: And, ladies and gentlemen, this is Justin Dealey's Vox, this question. What is streetwise?
22: Streetwise is... Because you've been in the situation. But what is it? Well, what is it? Tell me what Streetwise is. It's not getting yourself into situations you know that something is going to happen. Well, I've not got
4: myself into situations that I know something's going to happen. Am I Streetwise? You prob- I don't know how long you was a member of, the, of, of a background where it, where it was a difficult life. I grew up on a horrible council estate in Slough called the Britwell Estate. Uh, were they Does horrible? Does that make me streetwise? Were they all horrible? Sorry? Were they all horrible? All of the people there? Uh, yes.
22: Um, not all of them? No, there was only a small minority really. Well And we knew
4: the people in my cul de sac were. Well that is being cul-de-sac. streetwise. Yeah. No, they weren't, they're were being bullies. No, we the streetwise ones knew knew who the bullies were. So they beat me up?
22: Well uh, then you then you fight back. No. But anyway
4: Hang on a minute. Right, so I what has this got to do with ISIS?
22: Well, uh, what I'm saying the is the Islamic State. We're supposed the, to say the, the people who are streetwise identify the trend much quicker than people who come from a background. Uh, to be blunt, can't tell the backside from their elbow. Okay,
4: do you want to play a game with me?
22: Uh, yeah. What's the game? Name the beat that this song comes from.
12: Boom. Name the. Name the what? Name the beat that this song comes from. Okay. Boom.
22: Well, that's, that, that's very strange.
12: Name the beat that this song comes from.
22: Blum! <laughs> well, I don't know exactly what
4: that means. Right. Well, listen to the instructions. It's obvious. Hang on.
12: Name the beat that this song comes from. Blum.
4: So, I'm playing a drum beat. Yeah. Orally. Yeah. And you need to name the, the... Well, we've got the title slightly misleading, actually. Which song does this drum beat come from, OK? Oh, that's better. He's he's dissing you, you Kath.
12: Don't care. Name the beat that this song comes from.
4: Boom. So what song does that drum beat come from? Would you like to hear it one more time?
22: No, I don't think there's uh, any any doubt that we one tiny Tiny.
4: That, that would, would help. I'll give it, It's it's really obvious once you know it. Boom. <laughs> no idea. No idea whatsoever. OK, well, that's... Uh, Peter, thanks thanks very much uh, for playing. Well, that was very...
22: <laughs> it gets stranger by the minute. I
4: hope I they understand... You don't get, you don't get uh, Nocty doing that, do you, Peter? No, they won't understand Humphreys that. Would, Humphreys would never come up with something like... Name the beat that this song comes from. I don't think Hitchin would understand it. Over. Exactly. Peter, thanks for calling. Bye. Speak to you again in six months.
12: He's going to kick himself.
5: Boom!
4: Name the beat that that song comes from, guys. 08459 four double five five double five. If Damien Lewis becomes James Bond, then I'm going to... Well, I'm not going to do anything. No, I will. I'll whinge and whinge and whinge and I'll hold my breath until my face turns blue.
12: He's too posh to be Bond.
4: OK, if it's a toss-up between Elba and, um, um, Lewis...
12: Elba. Lewis. No, Elba looks like he looks like he could be tasty enough. Oh,
4: okay, I've got it. Oh, I've got it. I've got the joke that I've been working on for the last six months. So, there's. Um, I've kind of got it. It's go with me on this, okay, guys. So,
12: okay, it's a working programme. So there's a
4: there's a guy, right? So, um, right. So I got a friend called Steve, right? And um, I say, Steve, Steve, do us a favour. In there, in that pub, there is. Um, uh, there is a really famous guy. There's a really famous black actor. Got it. Boom!
12: Is it Denzel?
4: <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, so,
12: sorry? Samuel L. Jackson. Don't.
4: No, listen, because this is a proper joke. So me, me and my mate, Steve, walking past the pub. I look through the window and I see a really famous um, black actor. And I say, Steve, 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 there's a really famous black actor. Could you pop in there? Um, is it Morgan Freeman? No, don't, don't, please. This is proper. We'll turn your microphone off because this is a proper joke. So I walked past the pub and I noticed through the window there's a really famous black actor. And I said, oh, Steve, there's a really famous black actor in there, but I'm too nervous to go and get his autograph. Would you go and get it for me? He said, sure, I haven't got a pen. I said, here's a pen and paper. It's a sharpie. Make sure you get it back. Don't let him keep it. So he goes in there and he gets. Uh, he comes out with the, the, the paper's been signed. And I look at it and I say, no, 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 no. You've got, you've got that wrong. And he says, what? I said, well, this is the... Uh, this is... This isn't the, this isn't who I wanted," he said. "But there's a famous person in there. Forget that I said the word black and actor. There's a famous person. All oh, right. This is it. This is actually a proper it's, joke.
12: Right. I think I know where you're going.
4: No, no, no. You don't know where I'm I bet going. I do. You don't. I bet I do. You don't.
12: All right. Well, you do your joke, and if you've not gone where I think, then I'm going to do that, and you'll realise your mistake.
4: Right. So I'm with my mate Steve. Right. We are walking past uh, a pub, and I notice in there it's like a gastro pub. They do nice foods. It's primarily the f- I mean the food is what it's it's not really a- it's not like an old fashioned boozer. We'll do it after this. Oh.
6: Travel news for beds, hards and bugs.
7: BBC 3 Counties Radio. On the A120 eastbound, the exit slip road at Junction 8 for Bishop-Stortford has been partially blocked by a breakdown. On the M1 southbound, it's looking really busy past Junction 10 for Luton Airport and it's also busy on the M25 anti-clockwise from Junction 20 for Kings Langley towards Junction 16 for the M40. And looking at the trains, patch there are no delay showing up there at the moment. Smart The Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio.
4: Sammy, thank you so much. It's uh, Tuesday the 16th of June. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The police commander for High Wycombe is urging the community to move forward and work with the force after five police officers were cleared at a misconduct hearing over the death of Habib Ullah. A Buckinghamshire mum says her son was radicalised in the county before going to fight with Islamic extremists. 25-year-old Thomas Evans from Woburn Green was killed in Kenya. And police have appealed for information about three sisters and their nine children from Bradford who are feared to have travelled to Syria to join Islamic State. Let's get the weather. Here's Kate.
17: Beds, hearts and Bucks weather.
4: BBC Three Counties Radio.
17: A rather cloudy start for many of us this morning, but it's already starting to thin and break, and we'll get some decent sunny spells by lunchtime onwards. Really, temperatures already in double figures, and they will steadily climb further. We're looking at a maximum later on today of around 20, maybe even 21 Celsius. Pollen count, however, today is very high. Sunsets at 21:25. When it does dry and clear, a bit more cloud coming in from towards West Buckinghamshire as we head through to dawn tomorrow morning, but the minimum temperature 13 Celsius, so quite a mild night and a mild start to Wednesday. Sun rises tomorrow morning at 04.41, and it looks like quite a lot of sunshine around, at least at first, but then the cloud moves in from the north as we head through the latter stages of tomorrow afternoon, and with it, we could get a spot of rain, but it is going to be quite warm tomorrow. The maximum temperature, the peak of this week's temperatures at 24 Celsius. That's your forecast.
6: This is the sound of Saturday night and the main stage at a music festival. Without a headline act.
10: It's not quite the same, is it?
6: Don't miss a thing from your summer. Make the switch to digital radio. With five extra national BBC stations, exclusive live music and sport, you'll hear even more of what you love. Don't miss a thing this summer with digital radio.
1: If you love radio, go digital. To find out more, search online for BBC Digital Radio. Call 08459
4: 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Walking down the street, my mate Steve, we walk past a cafe, I've decided. Oh. And I noticed that there was a famous guy in there, says, Steve, blimey, there's one of my heroes in there. There's someone really, really famous in that cafe. Could you go in there and get his autograph? I'm too shy. He says, OK, fine. So Steve goes in there, gets in there for a couple of minutes, he comes out, he's got a signed bit of paper. I say, fantastic, let me have a look. I open the bit of paper, I say, oh, what have you done? He said, well, I've got the autograph of the famous person in there. I said, no, 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 What you've done is you've got the signature of the uh, manager of a football team. You don't know your arson from your Idrit... Elba. I muffed it up. It's good, though. I mean... You don't know your arson from, from your Your Elba. Elba,
12: yeah.
4: That is good.
12: Yeah, that's exactly where I thought you were going.
4: Yeah, exactly. That's how good it is. So, that's how good a joke it is. Well, well done. I said it first, so. No, so you said it um, first. Uh, well done. He so, doesn't know his arson from his, his il- elba. Elba. Keep getting that bit wrong.
12: Yeah.
4: The, the important bit I keep getting wrong. He, you can use that at school today, kids. He doesn't know his arson from his elba. I've
12: got one. Me and Steve are out on another night. He doesn't yep. necessarily spend all this time with you. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're in the. West
4: he End. can't tell his arson from his elba. That's the phrase. W-
12: we're in the glorious West End.
4: Beautiful. Love it.
12: And I say, Steve, take me to a play. I feel like losing myself for an hour and a half.
4: Yeah, well, they're longer than that if they have an interval.
12: Well, exactly, right. So I might not stay for the whole thing, it might be rubbish. So he goes and gets the tickets and he brings them back. Yeah. Uh, well, there was, I should say, hang on, there's a very famous actor appearing in the West End at that time. Of but there's there also a rubbish play going on as well. Yeah. And he comes back with the tickets and yeah. I say, oh, Steve, you don't know your farce from your Elba. It was a Run For Your Wife.
4: Oh, Ray Cooney? Yeah. Yeah, it's good that, it's good that. I enjoyed that one.
12: Across Beds, Hearts and Bucks.
4: This is Ian Lee. BBC Three
1: Counties Radio.
4: A 13-year-old from Buckinghamshire has been given, get this guy, six penalty points on his licence. I know, for riding a motorbike years before he's even old enough to have a license. The teenager received the points after being caught illegally driving in Lane End. He was caught without a license or insurance and was ordered to pay fines and costs of 160 quid. Well, on the line now, we've got uh, Andrew Brumhill, who's a solicitor from Cartwright King Solicitors. Andrew, can you explain how a 13-year-old gets points on a non-existent license? Yes, good. good morning to you. Good morning. Um, The law's quite clear that the lack of a driving license
9: doesn't preclude a court from imposing uh, points on a licence, whether that be if in this case the person's 13, or
4: indeed an adult. Now, and these six points, would it be the same if I got six points, They'll, they'll be gone in three years? Yes, they're valid for three years from the date of conviction. Right. So I don't understand what the point is then, Andrew. If 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 he's thirteen, if uh, you can't get a license until you're seventeen, is it or eighteen? I can't remember. It's such a long time ago. The points will be gone before he actually gets a license. So where's you, the punishment in that? You, 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 you're correct. Um, by the time the young man
9: um, did apply for a driving licence, they would be clear. The yeah. three year three year period would have elapsed. But of course, he's still under an obligation to notify the insurance company that he chooses about the conviction that he had when he was 13.
4: Um, he doesn't need to tell him about the points that he's had, does he? No, he w- when he's making an application
9: yeah. for an insurance policy, yeah. there, whilst the conviction is spent, the three years has elapsed, yeah. the insurance company would undoubtedly ask about old matters.
4: I thought that once... Hey, listen, you're the expert, so I'm I'm, I'm just trying to scratch my head around this, so I appreciate you answering my dumb questions. I I thought that after four years, you didn't have to declare points anymore. Is that not the case? Yes. um, It depends on the insurance
9: providers, but when a young person is applying for an insurance policy... Yeah. ..there is often the question about old matters. Right.
4: So it's dependent on on who he's speaking to. Is this this kind of a a typical uh, punishment for a young person caught doing this?
9: Whilst the age is uh, fairly uncommon in this case, I think it was 13.
4: 13, yeah. It's certainly
9: not uncommon for young people to appear in court without a licence, without insurance, such as the example um, where a young person is about to take a driving test... Mm perhaps gets um, over-anxious or keen, takes mum or dad's car out um, to get practice in, and of course therefore commits an offence of driving without a licence and insurance.
4: Um, And do do you think that when these um, uh, punishments are are, are dealt out to younger people, I mean he's 13 years old right? Yeah. And he's he's been done for this. I would imagine, I make up, that he doesn't have much regard for uh, the laws for whatever reason. Would something like this actually have an impact on them and encourage someone to calm down?
9: It depends um, on his chosen career path. Um, Ah, yeah, that's a good point. If he was to apply for employment that required an enhanced CRB, well, then a potential employer would find out that when he was 13... He had this conviction.
4: And I, I suppose at 13, 14, 15, you, you, you don't think of that, do you? That, that, that is, that's a lifetime away, the, the no, world of employment.
9: Life when you're 13 or 14, as you say, is very different. Yeah. And when you do apply for jobs or universities, um, it can have a detrimental effect.
4: I can't imagine driving at 13. I was busy playing um, uh, pole position on my computer. You know, I was—that <laughs> was the closest I got to driving. Was playing racing games. Unfortunately, times have changed. Yeah, I know. I'm an old man, Andrew. I really appreciate your, your thoughts this morning. Thank you. That's uh, Andrew Brumhill, who's a solicitor from Cartwright King Solicitors. Thank you, Andrew. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. David's in Hitchin. Good morning, David. How are you? I believe yeah. you've
12: called into play. Name the beat that this song comes from. Boom.
23: Yeah, I've got a maybe on it. Go on. The, I've got a maybe. It could be the monkeys theme tune.
4: Oh, hang on a minute. Oh, I got Oh, pause. Oh, 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 oh. Here we go. Right, let's try again. What do, you, what do you think it is, David? The monkeys theme tune. Hey, hey, we're the monkeys. Here we come. He's David's not wrong. Walk In fact, he's the opposite street. of wrong. He's right. We get the funniest you gonna sing along, David? Here we go. Here we go. Ready? Hey, 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 hey where the, the monkeys? People say we're lucky now. We're too busy singing to put
16: anybody down. There we go. Lovely. Okay. Ooh,
4: Ooh, Right, uh, David, it's your turn to do a drum beat. I'm going to hit the jingle. You come straight in with the beat. you ready? Oh, my goodness. He- uh, he- I can't think of one. Here we go.
12: Name the beat that this song comes from.
22: Hey, hey, hey. Uh, I can't think of one. I, I don't have a memory
4: anymore. OK, well, let's try, <laughs> let's try again. Here we go.
12: Name the beat that this song comes from. Oh, my God.
22: Um,
4: I'm terrible. I'm sorry. David, thank you very much indeed for playing. Well, that means that this one is still open. Then
12: name the beat that this song comes from.
4: Boom! It's back in play. You've got to, you've got to have a replacement drum beat. I've got one to play. You can't. Can I play it? No, 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 I know no. I the answer. No, 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 you can't. We are uh, listeners to call him. Uh, you've got to, guys. Maybe we never actually said that rule because I've just made it up. You've got yeah. to have a drum beat you to can't replace. You can just
12: take. You have to give.
4: So just uh, one more time.
12: Name the beat that this song comes from.
4: Boom! Guys. A clue. David just got it right. Mm-hmm. What Texas have we got?
12: Some interesting... Well, it's an interesting uh, mega mix of
4: Texas. B- big it up while I check my phone.
12: Phil says, as someone who is middle-class, white and middle-aged, I've often felt like the enemy and now the BBC has confirmed it.
4: Yes, you are. <laughs> Be gone with you.
12: <laughs> the next que- The next one is, is it Dave Benson Phillips? Uh, no. Jamie, why did the BBC... Protect-
4: you know what Dave Benson Phillips is famous for?
3: No. Play bus.
4: One of the things, he's famous for gunking on people. What? He gunks all over people. Does he? Yeah, he's one of those gunkers. Um... You, I thought that was uh, Peter Simon. He's kind of, Dave Benson Phillips, the nicest man in the world. I had him uh, teaching me and Rusty Lee how to sing a song from Bugsy Malone. I bet that was a chuckle fest, <laughs> it it? was it? It wasn't, because Rusty Lee, I'll be honest, she's a bit of a pain. Is she? Yeah, she is, actually. She came and did a
12: show here once and laughed all the way through. Yeah,
4: of course she did, because... Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she's a bit... Dave Benson Phillips, on the other hand, delightful. Imagine being in a room, me, Dave Benson Phillips, Rusty some other nobodies, being taught how to sing a, a song from Bugsy Malone.
12: It's Celebrity Big Brother next it year. It
4: really, really <laughs> was um, the high point of uh, what has, let's be honest, been a very, very disappointing career so far. Um, okay, continue.
12: Why do the BBC pronounce Woburn as Wuburn? Says Jamie. No, we don't. Woburn is Woburn and Woburn is Wuburn.
4: You see the difference, guys? Woburn, Wuburn. You say Woburn, I say Wuburn. We're talking about two different places.
12: Yeah, Dunstable. Oh no, Mark in Wellingdon City. Morning, all. Is six three zero and the medium wave still going to be transmitted when you move to Dublin? Yeah, the radio's not
4: changing. It yeah,
12: won't make any difference. This you. is You're why I don't want to fuss about nothing. This is
4: why I don't want to bang on about it all morning because mm. it doesn't affect you. Yeah. It affects me because I've got to drive. I've got to drive further, and I've got to walk down what I like to call um, Sex Attack Alley. It's all right. I'll walk down there with you. That's what I'm worried about.
3: Oh. <laughs> That's why it's called it.
4: Thank you very much, Kelly Betts. It's great to have you back. When's your voice coming back?
3: Thanks, player. I'm hoping it'll make an appearance
4: soon. Okay, okay. What are you doing this weekend, Kels?
3: Rhythms of the World. Well,
4: okay, so we, we, she's losing it for another week. Okay, great stuff. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> and
3: then Glastonbury. Hey,
4: we're oh. never going to hear your voice again.
3: Oh. Oh. Well, you won't with the new studios anyway.
4: Oh, thank goodness for that. No.
12: Jodie's got a text. Do you want to hear it? Um... Well, she's trying to pony us.
4: I don't know if... Oh, in that case, I'm going to call it her pony. By the way, guys, uh, I'd like pony. to say thanks to Lynn and Tim last night. Great Twitter bans where they yeah. were defending uh, a man who's admitted um, uh, touching up uh, young lads. Yeah. They said well, great, great, great great conversation. Great bans.
12: Touching little boys bare bottom wasn't fondly. It was, was it.
4: naive. It was naive. Can and there's I- nothing sexual in it.
12: I wonder if they would mind if I naively touch their bottoms.
4: Um, I suspect Probably him. Not. might. Go on.
12: Jody says, shouldn't it be named the song that this beat comes from? Not name the beat that this song comes from. Are you nuts, Jodie? Name the beat that this song comes from. Boom. <laughs>
6: travel news for beds, cards and bugs.
7: BBC Three Counties Radio. It's busy on the M1 southbound past junction 10 for Luton Airport and the M25 is slow anti-clockwise between junction 19 for Watford and 16 for the M40. In Beaconsfield on Amersham Road that's looking really busy now between Longbottom Lane and the A40 London Road. In High Wycombe London Road's also looking busy at in and out of High Wycombe and the A1 is slow southbound from the St. Newt's junction towards the Black Cat roundabout. Samantha we're off BBC Three
4: Counties Radio. I used to go out with a girl. She really fancied black actors though. She dumped me. Yeah, she gave me the elbow. Oh, guys, guys, come on! Local and
1: vocal across beds, hearts, and bucks.
6: This is BBC Three Counties
0: Radio. It's 8 o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley The headlines, police urge Wickham community to move forward after misconduct hearing Buckinghamshire man discovered his terrorist brother's death on Twitter and beds police warning over extremists online BBC
1: Three Counties Radio
0: The police commander for High Wickham is urging the community to move forward and work with the force after five officers were cleared at a misconduct hearing over the death of Habib Ullah. Mr Ullah died following a stop and search in the town in 2008 but Superintendent Ed McLean says he knows it will be difficult. Zia Ullah, Habib's cousin, says the family will be taking civil action.
10: Whether it's drugs-related, whether it's mental health-related, whether it's any other concern-related, then some of the some of the factors that the police should have considered is their approach to that person. All right, there's still due care that should have been afforded,
0: and we really think that that just simply wasn't a matter the case here. A Buckinghamshire mum says her son was radicalised in the county before going to fight with Islamic extremists. Kenyan officials say 25-year-old Thomas Evans from Woburn Green was killed fighting for Al-Shabaab in an attack on a military base on Sunday. His brother Michael says he found proof of Thomas's death on social media. The first thing I did, I looked on
24: Twitter and the first thing I found was a picture of his body. There's no doubt it was him. And it's hard, isn't it? Because we remember him for being you know my brother, your son,
0: but every, to everyone else, he's just a terrorist, and they don't—they don't have the good memories that we have. Police in West Yorkshire are expected to give more details today about 12 members of the same family from Bradford who were last thought to be in Turkey. There are concerns that the three sisters and their nine children may have travelled to Syria to join Islamic State militants. Meanwhile, the Deputy Chief Constable of Bedfordshire Police says young people are being groomed by extremists online. A website aimed at preventing radicalisation of young people was launched yesterday in Luton. John Boucher says Islamic extremists promised young people all kinds of unrealistic things. He's seen some of the conversations online.
19: The messages have come back from the extremists. No, you won't. You know, we'll give you a villa. Um, You know, we've got holiday villas here that we give to you as a young fighter. Uh, Really false messaging because it is a really difficult, hostile environment. But once they're out there, of course, it's far too late to realise that.
0: The MP for Luton South has called for the investigation into the death of Leon Briggs to be concluded as quickly as possible it follows the death of 25 year old Istiak Yusuf in police custody in Luton on Saturday Mr Briggs died in custody in 2013. David Cameron has agreed to concessions over the planned referendum on Europe in the face of pressure from conservative MPs and the Scottish National Party he's abandoned the idea of holding the in-out vote on British membership of the EU on the 5th of May next year the same day Day as elections to the Scottish Parliament and the Welsh and Northern Irish assemblies. In sport, MK Dons, Luton, Stevenage and Wickham are in this morning's draw for the first round of the League Cup and Andy Murray starts his Wimbledon preparations at the grass court tournament at Queen's Club this afternoon. The weather cloudy at first, sunny spells later, a maximum temperature 21 degrees Celsius and you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties.
4: Hey, hey, hey. Last hour, guys. Last hour. I'm feeling sexy. I want to touch your body. I'm not feeling sexy. I'm feeling a little bit tired and a little bit down, if I'm honest. But we'll get by. We'll get by. Um, name the beat that this song comes from. Boom. But, guys, you have to have your own beat with which to replace it. That's the rule. Uh, you can give us a call about anything you want, really. You know, you know. 08459 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks.
6: This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Mm,
5: is it any wonder?
4: 81333, start your text 3CR as well if you want to take part in the show. Paul Scoins joins me in the studio. Morning, Paul. We're talking about the uh, Habib Ullah case uh, again. Um, been a big story. Uh, Five Thames Valley police officers facing charges of misconduct after a man died following a stop and search seven years ago have been cleared of uh, all wrongdoing. Habibullah collapsed during a routine search in High
2: Wycombe, 2008. Uh, Paul, what happened at the misconduct hearing? Well, absolutely, and they were cleared of all charges and uh, the uh, panel basically came back and said that all the things that they'd, uh, they'd put to the officers about the fact that they changed the statements about that the uh, um, the violence uh, towards Mr Uller, the backslap uh, was too forcible um, was indeed acceptable in fact they said that it was uh, an instinctive manoeuvre done in the heat of the moment, effectively what happened is Habibullah was stopped in a stop and search and was then uh, 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 seen to turn away from the uh, uh, from the officers, and then put something into his mouth. That then ended up being, you know, a packet of crack cocaine. And that was sort of later. He died from his injuries. And uh, what the what the panel found mm. was the fact that the officers changed those statements. They made some quite judicious editing to their final statements, um, leaving out, you know, the uh, impact of the. The slap, the immediate aftermath of that on Mr. Ullah, um, the even sort of to the details of the route they took on the stop and search, mm-hmm. to the you know minor details you would say, um, to witnesses that were also there, that was all sort of left out, and um, that you know was certainly the concern of the family was that you are. You know, not presenting the full case and the barrister acting on behalf of the case against the officers, if you see what I mean, uh, was was very clear that this was uh, fundamental evidence that had been left out to the okay. inquiry. But they have been cleared of uh, all wrongdoing. We were hoping this morning to speak to uh, Mr. Ullah's cousin Zia. Uh, mm-hmm. That's why I
4: was, you, you may have heard Paul slightly distracted. That's because I was waving frantically to Catherine to find out if we if we, we had Zia or not. We don't have Zia. I believe Zia's phone has uh, has been switched off for whatever reason. But you you spoke to to Zia Ullah, didn't you?
2: Yeah. Last night after the hearing, I I interviewed him and and started by asking really how how he felt about this verdict after those officers had been cleared of all wrongdoing.
10: Disappointed, although not entirely surprised. It's it's the fact that it's taken eight years. Um, I think any surprises left, they've really waned out over the course of of the seven years, almost eight, eight years in itself. We'd had a very slight glimmer of hope from the conclusion of the inquest itself certainly with a very uh, uh, concise and comprehensive, certainly critical narrative um, from the jury. Um, And plus the fact that the Thames Valley Police force as a whole had sort of said that they actually thought the officers did have a case to answer for, hence the gross misconduct hearings. Um, But to travel this far and to hear that the entirety of the the officers' actions, they're deleting, amending, changing statements, um, is now being pushed behind a smoke screen old but it was simple uh, legal advice it's uh, that's certainly frustrating um,
2: the barrister acting for or uh, well, putting the case against the officers said yeah. that this went to the heart of the trust between the public and the of course police did. force do of course you do th- did
10: yes no, uh, uh, absolutely um, as, as a barrister uh, uh, also stated it was, it was breathtaking that virtually every other Fact throughout the statement was, had gone through a form of amendment or, or, or deletion.
2: But the panel said that that was normal and that <laughs> that does happen. That yeah. you know people do change things in the statement process.
10: No, um, I can I can certainly accept that people do do uh, change things. These are trained police officers. They are trained in in the art uh, in the art of uh, statement writing. They're, they're professionally trained to record factual accounts, right down to the minutest of details. Legal advice or no legal advice, they would have known the gravity and the weight of what was being changed. So when they were making the amendments and the deletions, they knew exactly the language that was being used to soften and to tone down. That's where our concerns are.
2: Do you accept, though, that your cousin was doing something wrong? We,
10: we, we, we have done right, right from the outset. Um, whether it's drugs related whether it's mental health related whether it's any other concern related then some of the uh, some of the factors that the police should have considered is their approach to that person all right They're still due care that should have been afforded and we really think that that just simply wasn't the matter uh, simply the case here the due care that they should have afforded simply wasn't there
2: what happens now then for you
10: Wow, what happens now, there, there's uh, um, a number of concerns that we've still got to raise. We're just uh, uh, awaiting a, a civil prosecution at the moment. Um, so as soon as we've got um, any further details, I'll, you know, I'll certainly be letting people know.
4: He was um, uh, Habibullah's cousin, that was Zia. Um,
2: what happens next, Paul? Well, it's... I mean, the process now for the officers is that they go back to work. Mm. Um, they've been... Uh, you know in in this situation for some time Habibullah's cousins and family and the campaign justice for PAPS, he was known as PAPS, um, are going to try and put a civil case together. I understand that could be as soon as uh, November mm-hmm. um, and that will be looking at not just the withholding, the, the, with, with, sorry, withholding of, of evidence um, but also into the actions of the CPS, which looked into the case and didn't find enough evidence to prosecute a case. And of course, you know, saying that, I should again underline that the officers were cleared on every single count. Every single piece of evidence that was put to the panel was found not proven. On FM, AM,
6: online and digital radio.
1: This is Ian Lee.
6: On BBC Three
4: Counties Radio. Just just discussing, um, hashtag Project Dark, handshake. Oh, <laughs> hang on. Wow.
12: Yeah,
4: <laughs> got some wicked... You
12: two are both fathers.
4: Yeah, 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 I know. <laughs> we won't be that weekend. <laughs> Mickey's from Hatfield. Morning, mate. Morning, mate. You are. Right? Uh, yeah, do you know what, fella? I'm all right now. First couple of hours, a little bit uh, rocky. Last hour, it's going to be crazy, guys. Woo! <laughs> Woo! Yeah, Mickey! All right. You baked my noodle this morning because. I, what, did what, what, I don't, no, Listen, sir, that's a very—that's a gross accusation to make at somebody at this time of the day. I, I don't know
24: if that's real or I made it up, but I, like I think it. it might be real. Yeah. Um, what does name the beat from that song mean? How can you name a beat?
4: Yeah. Like, well, okay. Do you want to play
24: it? D- d- play, play what?
12: Name the beat that this song comes from. <laughs> How
24: do you name a beat?
4: I me. mean it. name the song that the beat comes from? Listen to the title. Name the
12: beat that this song comes from.
4: Boom. Can you name the beat that that song comes from?
24: No, I'm not getting it. You've lost me.
4: The oh, a, fella, a fella who owns 50 cats phoned up and got it right, Mickey. You, you started off, we were having great bands. Great bands. You even did a woo. And you don't understand. Name the beat that this song comes from. Boom.
24: I'm going to be honest with you. If you own 50 cats, he's probably so damn crazy, it just works.
25: I know, exactly!
4: Uh, Catherine, why are you typing on the screen? Why don't you just say the words out loud?
12: Well, because I was also interested in Mickey's thoughts on the effects of electromagnetic energy on the brain. Oh!
4: He's speaking my language. Get in there, Mickey. And you're talking to Paul Scorins as well. That's it. So you bake my noodle.
24: It's time for me to bake yours. Oh,
4: mate, here's my... Here, let me hand you my noodle. Hang on. Hang on a second. I'm going to hand you my noodle. Oh, no, it's uh, it's a button fly. You wouldn't hear it. Let's... Uh, n- nadal, uh, no- nadal is being booked. No, hang on. Noodle is being baked, Mickey. Bake it. Start cooking. Right. So, <laughs> the long and short of it is, I've been going on to a
24: long history with my landlord over an incorrectly installed boiler, which results in me having to sleep with a low-frequency noise going...
25: Wow, wow wow.
24: Yeah all throughout the night which was funk playing all night no i mean i'm a musician so all night all i'm doing is counting the bpm (laughs) of my boiler which is really bloody annoying
4: (laughs) oh imagine when you were um 17 and you were stood in the field waving your hands in the air like you just don't care did you ever dream that you'd be counting the bpm of a boiler
24: i I didn't but it's it's great i'm having a good time yeah um yeah, so anyway, the long and short of it is, yeah. after months, it's starting to have a relatively detrimental effect on my sleep patterns. Yeah, of course. And I wake up and it's called my China- boiler... It's
4: called Chinese boiler torture.
24: I like the Chinese. I wish I was Chinese. I don't care for Chinese boiler torture. Yeah. Well, uh, that's the rough and the smooth. But, but then I figured it out. I, I turned off my boiler system and I felt this instant relief of cognitive pressure. This this my brain felt free. Your brain, you I, did a brain fart
4: and it felt uh, good. We, yeah I'll go with that. Couldn't we'll go say with that. On that. BBC London.
24: Yes. And then I thought, well, what other things could be affecting people? You know, that we don't know about. Yeah. All of this electricity, we're yeah. really the first generation that have had constant and solid electricity surrounding us throughout our night. Yeah, he's right. Yeah, you're right. What, what, what effect is this going to have on us?
2: Paul Scoines has got his hand up. Uh, Mickey, would you say that the beats from your boiler are repetitive? Yeah, I
24: mean, i I'd certainly put them in the sort of, like, tech house genre, 128 BPM,
2: yeah. very progressive. OK, technically, your boiler is breaking the Criminal Justice Act, which was the, uh, the act which, of course, prevented all the illegal raves in the 1980s. So you could get the police to come down and arrest it.
24: Well, I tried that, but he's claiming Freeman of the land.
2: Yeah, he would be.
4: Here's yeah. the thing, Mickey, you're right. Uh, because uh, th- we are now a generation where th- y- y- everything is turned on, is still on overnight. Back in the day, you turned the telly off, and the telly was off when you went to bed. You turned the radio off, the radio was off when you went to bed. You had a wind-up clock. But now the telly's just on standby, the skybox is on standby, your phone's in charging, your iPad's on charging, your um, uh, uh, radio alarm clock... Uh, uh, well, excuse me, there's a Freudian... <laughs> There's a Freudian if ever there was one, Mickey. A radio <laughs> alarm clock, <laughs> steady. Can't say that on BBC London. You can't either. say that. Your radio alarm clock and the other thing—they're both plugged in overnight. Imagine that, ladies. Ooh. On charge, steady. Um, Kelly, Kelly's excited. So uh, yeah, you are surrounded by electricity waves, by Wi-Fi waves. Wi-Fi is entering your body constantly, Mickey. Yeah, it's, it's all crazy talk, but I've
24: got to go now. So, well, before leave you go, with you. Mickey, before you go,
12: name the beat that this song comes from. Boom.
24: <laughs> I don't know.
6: Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs.
7: BBC Three Counties Radio. The M1 is slow southbound from Junction 10 for Luton Airport and the M25 is also really busy between Junction 19 for Watford anti-clockwise towards Junction 16 for the M40 but it's clearing up now between Junction 24 for Potter and 23 for the A1M at South Mims On the A1 it's busy southbound still though from the Holiday Inn towards Mill Hill Circus and in Bedford on the A6 queues are starting to build up just before Shakespeare Road because of the roadworks In High Wycombe, London Road is looking busy in both directions there's no reports of any major lays on the trains at the moment though smount the breath BBC three counties radio
4: thank you Sammy eight. Seventeen. It is uh, Tuesday the 16th of June. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A High Wycombe family say they'll take civil action against Thames Valley Police after five officers were cleared at a misconduct hearing over the death of Habibullah. A Buckinghamshire mum says her son was radicalised in the county before going to fight with Islamic extremists. 25-year-old Thomas Evans from Woburn Green was killed in Kenya. And police have appealed for information about three sisters and their nine children from Bradford who are feared to have travelled to Syria to join Islamic State.
1: See Three Counties Radio.
4: Hey, man. Hey, man. Hey, man. Peace and love, man. Peace and love. the
26: last day here. Yeah. Oh, well. It's all right. I, do you know, I have worked out of this building mm. for 22 years.
4: You don't look old enough, you do.
26: 22 years. Mm. This is probably the longest base I've ever had in my life. Yeah. Never lived in a house that long. No. It's quite emotional.
4: Mm. You don't care. Not really. It's just a building. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's just a, another another gig in another studio. Gosh. Moving somewhere else.
26: The famous faces that have sat in that chair where you are now, Go the on. not so famous faces.
4: Which category would Stephen Rhodes fall into? Uh, he's famous. Okay. Yeah. Did uh, this morning. Did do this morning, didn't he? Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. Stephen Rhodes. That's right. And done this morning today. John
26: Gaunt, Gordon Astley sat in that very seat. Used Gosh. to do his show.
4: Gosh. Not for long. Yeah. <laughs> gaunty, Gaunty, Gaunty. When, when, when will that guy get a break? Well, he needs one. We all. someone needs to give him a show someone needs to give Gaunty a show not at this station anyway <laughs> well not, not yours on my show no 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 any of the other shows on any of the <laughs> other stations will be fine. can't have ours <laughs> Um, what's on your show today? Is it fond memories of John Gaunt? No,
26: no. Uh, coming up on the big phone in this morning from 9, I'm asking, are the young Brits who go to join extremist groups abroad criminals or victims? Oh. 25-year-old Thomas Evans from Woburn Green was killed at the weekend fighting with militant Islamic group al Shabab. His mother has told the BBC he was radicalised in Buckinghamshire. Meanwhile, community leaders in Yorkshire have spoken of their shock on discovering a 17-year-old called Tala Ashmal has become the youngest ever British suicide bomber. His family say he was groomed online by extremists. Well, from nine this morning, I want to hear your reaction to this. Are the young Brits who go to join extremist groups abroad, are they criminals or are they victims? I'd love your response on 08459 455 555
1: from 9. Every weekday from 3, local stories.
19: People in Watford are being urged to celebrate their local heroes by creating a postcard in their honour. In other local news, rugby fans are being warned to watch out for fake World Cup tickets. Roberto Peroni. Now, a metal detectorist has discovered an archaeological find in a field near Royston in Hertfordshire. Taxi drivers in Luton are demanding to be allowed to drive in bus lanes at all times. There is to be a new station at the Lake and narrow Narragate Railway.
1: Roberto Peroni, weekdays from 3 on BBC Three Counties Radio. Call 08459 455
4: 555.
6: BBC Three Counties Radio.
4: A 25-year-old Buckinghamshire man has been killed fighting for Islam- Islamist militants in Kenya. The confirmation of Thomas Evans's death came yesterday after his brother found a photograph of his body posted on Twitter. Evans's mum told a Home Affairs Select Committee in February that, as a non-Muslim, she'd had no support when she realised her son had been radicalised. Well, Mohammed Khalel is from Islamics in High Wycombe, which helps improve relations between Muslims and non-Muslims. Morning, Mohammed. Good morning. What's your reaction to the news?
23: Well, obviously, uh, immense sadness for Sally, the the mother of uh, Thomas Evans. Um, You know, she's been living a slow death when she's been, uh, after appearing from the Commons Home Select Committee and uh, learning about her son going abroad to fight for this extremist organisation. So real, real heartfelt condolences for Sally and uh, the whole of her family on this.
4: Did you meet Thomas?
23: No, I, I well I may have done, but I can't remember. He, he was a local lad. We, we've got a few um, local lads that are what we call reverts or converts to Islam that visit the mosques. Right. And he, he would have been one of them.
4: Um, It's impossible to stop people going off and doing this if they want to, isn't it? We, we, it, it loads of people seem to be doing it and there's nothing that we can do about it.
23: Well, Sally Sally held the view that maybe it's not impossible. If you're on a watch list, if the authorities are actually watching you and know that you may be vulnerable to, to, to becoming uh, radicalised, they they should really put you on a, a sort of stop-fly list or stop, you know, going abroad list or monitor you. And she holds them partly responsible because they were her son was under their watchful eye but seems to have travelled abroad while still being under their watchful the eye. Here's the thing
4: I don't get, right? Um... I don't understand why people are trying to blame this on um, the authorities. It's really, really difficult to watch everybody and to stop them flying abroad. It's really difficult. Why why are we blaming the authorities? They've got a tough enough job. Don't, Don't we have to accept personal responsibility when we go and do things?
23: Well, it's a bit different when the authorities actually turn around and say, um, in the case of Thomas, that it was somebody under their eye, watchful eye, and also another chap that we lost in the area, Omar Hussein, who also was under their watchful eye. Yeah, yeah, it's Um, It's a
4: tough job they've got, isn't it?
23: Well, nobody's saying it's not a tough job. At the end of the day, if it's a job, it's got to be done.
4: Yeah, well, they, they, they made a mistake and it's a tough job. It's not their fault he went over there, though, is it? It's his fault. It's his fault he went over there. He chose to go over there.
23: Yeah, well, there are a lot of children that want to go there, but we've got to stop them going there and get them over this vulnerable period period yeah. of their
4: I, I, life. I'm I'm not going to let you get away with calling this gentleman a child. He he, he was he was he's 25, so he's he's, he's an adult. Yeah, okay, he's an adult. Well, he was 19 when he went. Yeah, so an adult.
23: Well, teenager.
4: Well, no, an adult in the eyes of the law, an adult.
23: Sure, he's... 19 is still teen.
4: Yeah, well, he's still a teenager, but he's not a child think agree on that well, no, no, we? no
23: no 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 I was actually referring to um Dewsbury and other cases okay. there because you know okay. those, it, you I, I don't understand
4: this blaming the government or blaming the authorities or blaming the security forces because because this bloke wanted to go over and fight with a bunch of idiots it was his choice
23: yeah I think well I no one's laying all the blame this is a complex problem it, I don't understand
4: uh, why any of the blame is being laid on 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 the security forces or the government I don't get it
23: well, if you're border control and, you know, your job of border control is to do a certain job and that's not being done, that makes it for legitimate complaints. Now,
4: if at the end of the day... They can't, paid- Mohammed, Mohammed, they can't keep their eyes on everybody. This, If this bloke was determined to go, which he was, then you, you, there are so many ways of doing it. If he couldn't fly out, he'd get a boat to Holland and then, you know, there are so many ways of doing it, Mohammed. Sure, Surely, sure. To, this responsibility lies... Um, I would suggest solely with Mr Evans, whose decision it was to go out there, possibly you could put some of the blame on the dodgepots over there that, that encouraged him to go, but ultimately, if he was full of his faculties and wasn't mentally deficient, it was his decision to go. It's his fault, isn't it?
23: So you wouldn't lay any blame on the government or any of the authorities involved in this country?
4: No. Not, not, for, not for Mr Evans uh, uh, going to, to fight uh, for Islamist militants in Kenya. No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't blame the government for that, no.
23: Well, well, I mean, I think there'll be a disagreement, because in trying to resolve this problem, you'll find that if we look at particularly the Mohammed Anwazi case, he blames the authorities for having made him into the monster that he is. And we don't know the full reasons why people do what they do, but we're all R- agreed remind on me,
4: Remind Remind me, because there's so many of these incidents. Which one was Mohammed Amwazi? Jihadi John. Right. Uh, do you support that, that it's partly the government's fault? The, the, oh, I the, don't
23: support any type. No, of no, no, Mohammed. You
4: brought it up as you brought it up as, as, as evidence. Do you support Mohammed Amwazi, popularly known as Jihadi Johns, claim that it's partly the British government's fault that he's gone over to wherever it is he is beheading innocent people? Do you do you blame the government for that? I don't support any. Type then why did you bring that
23: atrocities. up? I brought that up to illustrate to you. We're all, and you, and you cut me off with the main point I was trying to say is we're all agreed on at least one thing, and that is. That we need to stop the migration of the youngsters going from the UK or anywhere and any other country to extreme. But do you blame.
4: You've brought this up, Mohammed. I'm just unsure what you're, you're, you're saying. Are you suggesting that the government is in part responsible for Mohammed Amwazi?
23: Well, I'm saying that the government has a fair share to play in in trying to resolve this problem.
4: No, 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 That's the, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, the government have got a big responsibility in trying to resolve it. But you brought this up, so I'm just confused as to why you brought it up if you don't believe it. Do you think the government, do you think the government had a part to play in Mohammed uh, Amwazi?
23: I brought this up because you were trying to say the security services and so the authorities have nothing to do with this and I'm trying to say to you that they are a very important partner in all of this and unless we have them on board you can't resolve this problem.
4: No, With the greatest of respect Mr Kelly you're changing what the argument was. You were initially suggesting that it's partly the government's fault that Thomas Evans, that Mohammed Amwazi have gone off to um, carry out their murderous deeds, and I strongly disagree. No, 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 I don't no. think it is the government's I, fault.
23: Let me clarify to you what I said. Please so do. No misunderstanding. I said to you that Thomas Evans' mother, Sally, sat in front of the Home Office Select Committee and uh, you know, brought this point up where she held the authorities responsible for not stopping her son going abroad.
4: You're, no, I'll be honest, mate. You're al- your arguments all over the shop. You're going back backwards and forwards. Let's just clarify, Mohammed. Uh, just in case what you said was a mistake. Maybe you're a bit nervous at being on the radio. No,
23: no, no I'm not being nervous. Then why are you contradicting My... yourself? I'm not contradicting myself. Do you well, think?
4: Trying... Do you think that the government play a part in Thomas Evans going over to Kenya to, to hang out with a bunch of nutjobs? jobs?
23: I'm trying to say generally. Just answer not the question, Mohammed. Evans. Answer yes, the question,
4: mate, because you've said something and I, 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 I sus- suspect that you need to clarify it because perhaps you said something you didn't mean to say. Do you think the government are partly responsible for Thomas Evans going to Kenya to uh, hang out with Islamist militants? No, I'm not, I think
23: you're again trying to put words in no, your mouth. No, I'm not, I'm asking you're you're you, no, I'm not, Mohammed, 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 Mohammed I'm, not, I'm not
4: putting words in your mouth. I'm trying to get words out of your mouth. Could you answer that yes. question? Right. I said to you, the mother of Thomas Evans, Sally I know Evans, you said that. Could you answer the question, the please, Mr Calliel? Right. Do you think, because this is what you said, and maybe you made a mistake, do you think that the government is partly responsible for Thomas Evans going to fight with militants in Kenya? Yes or no?
23: No, I don't think the government wanted him or is responsible for him going to... whether it's militants in... in OK, because in earlier
4: you said you did think the government
16: was no, responsible. No, no.
23: I think, again, you missed the point. The point is, if they had stopped him going abroad... He may be alive today. That's what we're saying. I couldn't, and do you know actually, what? I
16: could, with the greatest respect, that's the physical
23: respect. route. That's the physical route of air transport. Nothing to do with the motives.
4: I couldn't give a stuff if he if he's dead or alive.
23: Really? No, well, it's being insensitive to somebody's. No, you know, it's, he, no it's no, it's not. Today. He
4: went to fight for Islamist militants in Kenya. I don't no. care if he's dead or alive. I honestly don't. I'm sorry for his mum's loss, and that's a really different thing. I'm sorry for any mother that has to um, uh, that that loses their child for whatever reason. I've got no sympathy for Mr. Evans himself. He got well, what I, he wanted. He'll be having I the seventy virgins thinking, now, won't right?
23: he? I'll tell you where you're missing the point again. Please do. It's not just Thomas Evans. There are many other people that convert, and they convert for the right reasons. they actually not bad people at heart. And what's the, con- the, what's real, the connection? The, the real issue is the people that take their minds and poison them. Those are the real evil monsters that we should be going after. So and not the government, leave, not the security forces... I, well, I don't believe everybody that goes out there is bad. I think they, they get sucked into this horrible way of life. And what we ought to do is, you know, certainly you agree with me that anybody under 16 is treated as a victim. They're not treated as a perpetrator.
4: Um, I, it's I, it's debatable. But but, but I, I, well, let's focus on Mr. Evans for the moment. I've got no sympathy for him. I've got real sympathy for his mum. Honestly, I think it's terrible what she's had to go through. Sure. I've got no sympathy for him whatsoever. He got what he wanted. He's He's in paradise now with his 70 virgins. He's doing all right. Well, if that's what you think he's, that's what he... Might, he I, that's what he thought. Well, yes,
23: obviously, that's what a lot of them think. But yeah, the exactly. So he got mean, what he wanted. Well, we don't know if he's got what he wanted. I have no vision to see what happens after death.
4: He wanted, he wanted to die because he was promised he'd get 70 virgins and all the other nonsense, that, that, all the other lies that, that, that they're told. He believed that and he got it. Brilliant. Honestly, I, 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 his death is nothing for, for uh, uh, me to mourn.
23: Well, I think we're talking about his mother's feelings, not about him. No, no, we can
4: talk about both. And I've I've said, and if you listen, I've said I feel really sorry for his mum and what she had to go through. I I feel, you know, I feel so sorry. His loss of life, I don't care. Well, how do we stop all this, then? I haven't got a clue, mate. I don't know. I'm a bloke on the radio. You tell me. Well this is it. These problems are not that simplistic
23: that we can do sound bites to them. They they they're a lot more deep rooted and require everybody to get round the table to see how we can stop it.
4: Getting around a table ain't gonna stop nothing, is it? What's your what's your practical suggestion for stopping people like nineteen year old Thomas Evans as he was from um going to fight in Kenya or going to fight in Syria or going to fight in Iraq? What's your suggestion?
23: I I wish I could solve it. I'm afraid I don't have one solution that will solve all these problems.
4: Exactly. No one has. They're disaffected, disenfranchised young people, some of whom may have mental issues, some of whom may not, but feel that the world is against them. They speak to people who love them or claim to love them and claim to care for them and promise them stuff they ain't never going to get. And they go, we're never going to stop them. But the numbers are increasing and that's the real worrying part. Yeah, we're never going to stop them. They're being offered something that they want and i think yeah. to blame the government to blame the security forces i just think it's you know but people have to accept personal responsibility mr mr evans was was promised something that he wanted and he went He's yeah, dead, I think and I don't care. We're not
23: really talking about those that have gone out there. We're trying to talk about... But I think the issue now is we have people here, youngsters, and I we meet mean, today as yeah. a family that have been gone abroad to Syria with the whole children. And I imagine
4: that you have thought long and hard about ways to stop young people from going over there, and you've just said yourself, you haven't got a clue. You haven't got a I'm clue how mean, to do it. And no, that's it, no we one haven't has. Got a clue. No, OK, no, I then tell me how you do true. it. How do you stop them?
23: Well, you look at uh, the prevent program. Is what the government have put in place to try and stop people going abroad to stop being. Radicalized. How's, that, how's that
4: going? That prevent program? Well, it's, I don't think it's going. Right. So, what's as well. your suggestion, Mohammed?
23: Well, my suggestion is to take some of the academics, take some of the uh, well, listen to these people that come back and you know why they go out there, and and and, and look at those reasons. And How try old to are you, Mohammed?
16: Those.
23: Sorry. How old are you? Well, I'm I'm I'm, I'm sort of fifty now.
4: Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm getting closer to 50 than I'd like to be. Um, we haven't got a clue how a 16, 17, 18-year-old mind works, have we? We haven't got a clue. Well, yeah. You, you don't know. You them. don't know. I don't know. And also, yeah. they're going to think a 16-year-old who's angry with the world is going to think, with the greatest of respect, that you're an old fart. They're going to think I'm an old fart. Sure, they're not sure. going to listen to anything we say. Whereas they've got someone on the computer who's promising them all kinds of stuff. They're going to believe that because that's what young people do.
23: I think the reasons are a bit more complicated than that. It's disaffection from society. Um, it's problems with authority here. A lot of them that go out there seem to have had problems with police and, and, and yeah. authority here. Uh, a lot of them seem to have problems with um, degrading in society. Yep. Uh, it's, it's a whole host of reasons. Yeah, exactly. I don't think- you, you can't fix it. Put it. down to one reason.
4: No, no, and, and I, I, I don't think I did put it down to one reason. I mentioned the disaffection, I mentioned the sure. uh, feeling disenfranchised, the feeling they're not listened to, the anger at the, the having no prospects, the fact that, that, that maybe they, they encounter racism or, or, or they, they encounter people who are against their religion or they had a bad day at school. You know, there are so many different factors. Mm-hmm. These are young people. We are old people. We ain't got a clue. We don't speak the same language as them, Mohammed.
23: Sure, and you may have watched that interesting program last night uh, about jih- the j- jihadis, I can't remember the full name of it, and it was one one on there was a, somebody who had fought for years in jihad and is now integrated into society here and is now working to stop others being radicalised. So but, they can come back and be uh, a very...
4: And some of them can, I, and I'm not for one second arguing that, that they can't. I believe some of them can see the uh, error of their ways, but, um, you know, to a lot of these people... I'm the enemy. I'm a white, middle-class, middle-aged guy that works for the BBC. I'm the mouthpiece of the, in inverted commas, um, evil media, you know? So th- th- they're okay. not going to listen to me, they're not going to listen to you, they're not going to listen to a load of police police officers going to their school.
23: Mm, sure 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 but i i believe that if we work on them we can ride them over that difficult period in life and they can go at the other end of it whether it takes a year or two years we can find you you know youngsters back onto a normal way of life
4: it's a great idea mohammed and um i i i don't think that the a 50 year old man with the greatest of respect <laughs> uh, and i'm i'm only and i'm i'm not saying you specifically i'm just saying people of our generation sure. um I don't think we can have that much of an impact on a 15, 16, 17, 18 year old that hates their mum or hates Britain or hates David Cameron or hates something but they don't quite know what it is that they hate. I don't think we can have that effect.
23: Well, I'd like to be a bit more positive and, and I think some of the work okay. has actually taken um youngsters away from that path and they've come back onto the, the path of repentance, and said look, thank you for rescuing me if I'd continued that I would have ended up in big problems.
4: Well, two things. Firstly, the numbers are going I could talk to you all morning, Mohammed. I'm I'm thoroughly enjoying this, thank you. First thing the numbers are going up and secondly you use the word repentance. Well that's gonna scare people away, isn't it? Well, I, I think that's, that's repentance I think, is a repentance. Well, no, I, and I understand the context you're using in, but it, it's it's a very very loaded word. And for a 16-year-old to be told they need to walk the path of repentance, jog on, old fella.
23: Well, if you're to walking the path which harms property you know, innocent lives and property, then I I think yeah. that's an appropriate word.
4: Hey, Mohammed, listen, I've I've really enjoyed um uh, talking to you, and uh, it's been great bashing some ideas around. Maybe we'll talk sure. again. Pleasure. Thank All you very day. much indeed, uh, Mohammed Khalil, from Islamics in High Wycombe. I enjoyed that. We've had a couple of really uh, robust guests today. Um, so thank you. Am I harsh? Every Simon, uh, we'll come to the news in a second. Sorry, this is BBC Three Counties Radio. We'll come to the news in a second. Let me just quickly ask this: Every sympathy in the world. For Thomas Evans's mum, every sympathy in the world. And well, I can understand why she's blaming other people and pointing the finger. It's not her fault in the slightest. I wouldn't imagine. Every sympathy. I've got no sympathy for Thomas Evans. None at all. You know, he went and joined a, a, a rather unpleasant military militant organisation, and he got what he was he was promised. He got he got death. 08459 455 555. We're dead late. Uh, Let's get the news here, Simon. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC
1: Three Counties Radio.
0: The headlines, High Wycombe family say they will take civil action against Thames Valley Police after five officers were cleared at a misconduct hearing over the death of Habibullah. A Buckinghamshire mum says her son was radicalised in the county before going to fight with Islamic extremists. 25-year-old Thomas Evans from Woburn Green was killed in Kenya and police have appealed for information about three sisters and their nine children from Bradford who are feared to have travelled to Syria to join Islamic State. Three Counties
1: Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio.
0: MK Dons, Luton, Stevenage, and Wickham are in this morning's draw for the first round of the League Cup. The Dons are among the seeded teams in the Southern Section. Luton, Stevenage, and Wickham are not seeded. The draw is announced at 10. The first round takes place in the week commencing August the 10th. Watford have not agreed a six million pound fee to sign Blackburn striker Rudy Gested. That's according to the Lancashire club. But Blackburn's managing director Derek Shaw says the Hornets have expressed an interest in the player. Wickham have signed 20-year-old midfielder Ryan. Sellers after his release by Bolton. It follows the signing of former Notts County and Bradford striker Gary Thompson, who's looking forward to working with manager Gareth Ainsworth.
13: A lot of desire to, to progress a football club and not, not just a football club himself, you know, and um as soon as like I say I spoke to him the day after the, the final defeat which um you know was obviously very disappointing for the for the whole football club but You know, I spoke to him as early as that and it was only because I was on a coaching course that I didn't actually uh, sign a bit sooner.
0: Andy Murray will begin his grass court campaign at Queen's Club today with Rafael Nadal and Stan Wawrinka also featuring. Top seed Murray will play the Taiwanese qualifier Yang Sun Liu this afternoon. And in racing, Royal Ascot gets underway in front of the Queen today. Here's Cornelius Lycett.
8: Amid all the usual Royal Ascot pomp and circumstance, some of the world's best racehorses will be in action here this week. Today, Ireland's Glen Eagles, trained by Aidan O'Brien, with Ryan Moore riding, is expected to add to his successes in the Newmarket and the Irish 2,000 guineas in the Group 1 St James's Palace stakes, though make-believe the French guineas winner challenges from France. In all, there are three Group 1 prizes. In the Queen Anne stakes, France's solo and the Hong Kong raider Able Friend head the field, whilst Irish sprinter Sol Power goes for an unprecedented hat-trick in the King's Stand
0: stakes. BBC Three Counties News and Sports. The next full bulletin is at nine.
1: Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio.
4: Now, guys... Guys on uh, Twitter uh, and uh, everybody who um, was uh, looking forward to um, uh, speaking... Uh, me speaking to uh, Lynn Meisner? Misner? Meisner, I'm going to say. We're going to put her on tomorrow, because that the chat was so interesting. Uh, she'll be back on tomorrow. Basically, she's talking about giving out... Well, she came on before... Talk about giving out winter packs in Watford, uh, and now she's setting up small acts of kindness. She's a really nice lady, she's got a really interesting story, uh, and I would like to give her the full crack of the whip, and I don't think she'd get it um, with today's show, cos the phones have gone mental. So Lynn will be on tomorrow. That's a promise! That's a promise. Thank you, Lynn, for your, uh, your patience. Mick's in Watford. Good morning, Mick. Good morning. What would you like to say, boss? Oh, I agree with you entirely, but why are we spending all this money on,
22: on stopping these people going? Well, that money could be used in other areas.
4: How much money are we spending? Well, I,
22: I don't know, but it's oh. probably in the millions. Oh, you probably don't know either. Even well, well, though you know most other stuff, you probably don't know. But I'm
4: not. I'm not complaining about the amount of money that no, we're I'm spending. Not about? No, 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 well, no. no, you literally just complained children, what, about the amount no, of money. No, 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 no. Yes. No, yes. No. Yes. I didn't say that. I didn't run up to complain about the money. I phoned up to agree with what you're saying. No, but then the second thing you said was, why are we, spending, why are we wasting no, all this money? No, you're saying that you're, you no, said... No. You said with that bloke... No. Yes. No. Yes. No. Yes. You No, 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 no. Oh, yes. No. Yes, you did. Mick, no. You yes. No. Yes, No. yes. yes. No, 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 yes. no, 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 no. No. Yes. No. You said... <laughs> Why are we wasting all this money on keeping these people in this country? No I didn't. Right, no I didn't. I didn't say nothing about keeping them here. I said what right, right, what stopping them. I said thank you. That's you entirely said different. you said why are we spending all this money on stopping people going abroad and fighting if they want to. So you did find up to complain about the amount of money that's being spent, but you don't know how much money it is.
22: No I didn't I didn't I didn't say that. you misinterpreted what I said anyway. What well, did you well, tell me what you said then, Michael? I said I agree with you entirely. But and why are we bothering
4: spending all this money? You said spending
22: to all this. Stop now to stop these people going. Just let them go. The more that go,
4: it'll solve lots of problems, won't it? Well, the problem is. Well, you did mention the money. The problem is that um, they might come back. Oh, so oh, so we did all stop stuff going then. I don't... No, I don't... You're changing your argument. No, Mick, I'm not arguing anything. You're the one that phoned up to complain about the money then denied that you were complaining about the money. You're changing your discussion then. Thanks for calling, Mick. Ta-ta. That was fun. (laughs) Who'd have thought a a, a chat about uh, young people going off to be uh, terrorists could be so much fun? (laughs) Thank you, Mick. Have we spoken to Mick before?
12: Yeah he always comes on like that
4: oh. <laughs> I'm never I like quite that. sure whether he's furious or just excited I like that he comes on he come, he's got balls that fella he's not afraid to show them oh, I, yeah. really, I, I like that power thank you Mick I enjoyed that call again go on Texas yeah, or Danny. Let's we'll do some Texas first. All right, go we'll do on. some Texas. Then we'll do Danny. Stay there, Danny.
12: OK, here we go with the Texas. Well done, Ian. Great interview. No one has the guts to say what you said. Dave from Milton Keynes.
4: Well, no, I think it's not a case of guts. I think people would. I just enjoy, I got really sucked up into the conversation. The way I like to do this radio show from time to time, and I've forgotten it a bit recently, is it's like having a chat at the cafe with some uh, mates, and they've brought some mates with you that you don't know, um, and it turns out you don't really I- agree with them, or you're really interested to find out what their thoughts are on certain stuff. And that's what that like thing was, it yeah. was, it was, um, uh, it was an interesting conversation. And I enjoyed that.
12: Is, rather than nodding and smiling and letting it go to be polite, you say, "What do you mean by that?" Yeah,
4: or I think you're wrong. Yeah. Or, oh, I hadn't thought of it that way. Let me have a think. Mm, yeah, I can see some of that. It's fun. I enjoy, I enjoy it. It's it's a sport, guys. And also, I think we all uh, we all benefit from it. So many, um, not just local radio, but quite often local radio. Well, there's a young gentleman has been killed in in Kenya fighting for Islamic State. Let's get a Muslim leader on. Why do you think this has happened? How are the family dealing with this? What can we do to stop it? Well, thanks very much. Here's Tony with the weather.
12: Yeah. Uh, and they haven't listened to the answers. Uh,
4: let's 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 you know. Let's not just read the script, guys. Let's go with it.
12: Matt in Bedford, is had a thought? Good morning, he said, Matt. If they took all. Past Passports off young Muslims, there would be uproar. <laughs> what else does this guy suggest? To stop them moving going you, 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 it's... Um, I mean, bearing in mind they haven't committed a crime well, yet.
4: Well, I mean, that gentleman we spoke to, I... I he did start off uh, suggesting it was... i have to listen back to make sure I've got it right. I heard him suggesting it was partly the government's fault and then I heard him saying that he wasn't saying that. Let's bring Danny into the conversation. Good morning, Danny. Good morning, Ian.
25: What would you like to say, sir? Um, Thank you. Um, First of all, I'm a big fan of the show. I listen to you every morning. Um, Well,
4: I suggest that you get a life, Danny. But until you get a life, we're (laughs) grateful that you have no life. Thank you, Danny.
25: (laughs) It's all good. Um, um, No, my point was just basically in reference to what the gentleman that came on before and the one just now said um, regarding the uh, people going abroad, the government needing to pay more um, towards that, um, and the sort of mentality behind why they go. And I, I just wanted to say that, yes, I agree the government should try and maybe fund and find ways of, you know, fine tuning security to prevent those things. Yep. But also I do not believe that the government are to blame for them going. That's an independent choice mm-hmm. to go abroad, um, which I do not agree in, um, and, yeah, like you said, you re-book come up. Comments, D- you Danny,
4: we have a real thing at the moment, and I think it's like kind of the last five five years, maybe a bit longer, where um, people don't seem to blame the person that did the crime. You know, it was yeah, Mr yeah. Evans's decision to go. OK, it, it, you know, there may have been people that, that encouraged him and, and kind of pulled a few strings, but if, he was, if he's full of his mental faculties, then it was mm-hmm. his decision to go. And if he got stopped at one airport, he would have gone to, you know, he would have found a way to go. Exactly. So we got all this blaming, oh, you know, it, oh, it's the government's fault or it's
25: it's his school's fault. No, no, no. It was his decision. Exactly. I mean, they, they chose and made the decision. We've all got decisions and choices to make in life and they independently made the decision to decide to go abroad and take part in um, criminal activity and terrorist activity um, no one sort of forced them they they walked to their airport they got in the vehicle to the airport they sat in the seat um, and no one else did that but them so yeah and also
4: <laughs> no one knows what people are doing behind closed doors his mum and I, I have got every sympathy for his mum. his mum didn't know what he was up to you don't know Danny my, my, mm-hmm. no one knows what I'm going home and looking at on my laptop you know no That's- one knows what books I'm reading who I'm speaking to online no one knows
25: exactly that's the thing no one knows exactly that's the point and that's the thing but um again who are we to blame the government that's that's my main point um i think yes the government should should help yeah we should find ways of you know oh yeah um, it's an investment
4: it's an investment in our safety in our future of course they should but if people fall through that net you can't say well it's david cameron's fault no, <laughs> Danny. Listen, I've got to move on. I've missed last travel. I, I I don't miss it again. Otherwise, Sammy will be furious with me and come after me with a baseball bat. Excellent call, Danny. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Travel
6: news for Beds, Hards and bugs.
7: BBC Three Counties Radio. In Newton on Old Bedford Road, there's been an accident between Hucklesby way and North Street, which means it's been closed in both directions and queues are back from New Bedford Road now. Also on Paula Radcliffe Way, it's looking very busy through the roadworks approaching Shakespeare Road. On the A1 southbound, there are delays from the St. Niels junction towards the Black Cat Roundabout. And the motorways are looking very busy now. The M1 is slow southbound past Junction 6 for North Watford towards Junction 5 for The A41 and the M25 is busy anti-clockwise from Junction 19 for Watford towards Junction 16 for the M40. Samantha Brough, BBC Three Counties Radio.
4: Thank you, Sammy, and apologies for missing you earlier. I just sometimes get caught up in um, doing the show and miss stuff. 848, it's Tuesday the 16th of June. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A High Wycombe family say they will take civil action against Thames Valley Police after five officers were cleared at a misconduct hearing over the death of Habib Ullah. A Buckinghamshire mum says her son was radicalised in the county before going to fight with Islamic extremists. 25 year old Thomas Evans from Woban Green was killed in Kenya. And police have appealed for information about three sisters and their nine children from Bradford who are feared to have travelled to Syria to join Islamic State. Coming up, we'll have a bit of daily before the show. Before that though, before the end of the show, let's get the weather with Kate. Beds,
17: hearts, and bucks weather.
6: BBC Three Counties Radio.
17: Good morning, well we've got a bit of cloud around this morning but it is thinning and breaking we're already seeing the benefits of that through parts of Bedfordshire at the moment and it's going to continue across the board, some really nice sunny spells to come particularly as we head past lunchtime onwards, the wind is light and the temperature steadily rises, it's going to be pleasantly warm actually this afternoon, we're looking at a maximum of 21 Celsius but don't forget the pollen count is very high sunsets at 21.25, dry and predominantly clear overnight, minimum 13 so a mild night, sun rises at 04.41 tomorrow morning Morning, and it's going to be a really nice, bright start to the day. Plenty of sunshine around at first, but then through the afternoon, the sunshine turning a bit hazier as a front appears from the north, and then turning cloudier as we head towards tomorrow evening. But it is going to be warm tomorrow afternoon. We're looking at a maximum of 24 Celsius. That's your forecast.
1: Every weekday morning.
26: Coming up at nine on the big phone in this morning. Is it a good idea to make jobless teenagers work for their benefits? How would you like this country to stand up to President Putin? Are you surprised to see British people being blatantly racist?
1: The JDS Show. I think
18: we've got to get over this issue about racism doesn't exist. It, it has existed. It will probably carry
9: on existing. What I wanted to say is they've got this completely the wrong way around. You know, that that, that is also true. That is also true. You
1: will always get some, but they are such... A minority.
9: Oh, the man's a perfume. Get him up, get him out of bed. Give him a sense of purpose. The
1: JVS Show. Do you
26: think we have got to, as a country, start taking this issue more seriously? Every weekday morning
4: on BBC okay. Three Counties Radio. A lot Radio. to cram in. Catherine, have you got any texts before I go to Karthik and Andrew and Dealey?
12: Right, let me have a quick swizz. Let them go to Syria. The more that go, the better. They obviously hate our society, so let them get on with it and they should never be allowed back. That's from Mina in
4: Hemel. Excellent. Uh, Karthik's on the line. Good morning, Karthik.
25: Good morning, Ian.
4: What have you got for us?
25: Right. uh, I was just hearing uh, you speaking to Mohammed and your views, actually. Yes. uh,
22: Regarding these guys going into Syria. Yes. Now, uh, do you ever consider that, uh, in a way, UK is producing terrorists who are going and killing innocent people abroad? Yes, I do
4: consider that from time to time, yes.
22: And if this happens, if one of our these guys go up to US and commit a terrorist activity, would that be considered as a big issue?
4: Would that be considered a big issue if a British person committed a terrorist activity in the United States? That's right. Are, are, you, going ask, are you going to ask me a sensible question? Yes, I'm asking you a very sensible question.
22: Well, I can answer you for that as well. Will somebody goes to commit... Uh, terrorist activities in Syria killing innocent people, you say that you can allow them to go and do whatever they go out right. and do.
4: N- no, no, if the same no. Thing no. Happens, You've, I, have you been listening to the show this morning? Yes, right. yes. You
16: said I the
22: said... government has got no part. In the whole thing to play, and it is individual no, decision no,
4: to go anywhere. No, I don't think you can blame the government if some bloke wants to go to Kenya and join an Islamist uh, or a terrorist organisation. I think it's um, it's wrong to blame the government. That was ultimately that person's decision. But it is UK's name that's getting shamed by doing all these
22: well, things. Well, that's
4: not the government's fault, though, mate. That's that person's. It is, no, it is no, government's fault. Tell me, explain to me, explain
25: to me, explain to me how it's the government's fault? Because government should have some kind of idea what is exactly happening with its own citizens.
4: Yeah, you're right. Because there's only 68 million people to keep an eye on. Oh, come on, that's not happening from US. That ma- no many U.S. citizens going abroad to commit crime. Okay, uh, listen. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you go because I, I, I don't think you've, you've quite got a handle on on the conversation. But thank you so much for your call. Well, you don't get it actually. But I, 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 I don't get it. I don't get if your first question is, would well, I think it was a big thing if a British person went to America to commit a, 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 a terrorist act. I mean, what kind of question is that? Yeah, they have do, done that, and it was a big thing. I do think it's quite a big thing, actually kind of question is that you're right just yeah it's very tense down here it's very tense <laughs> you're 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 gonna give uh, me some light relief in a yeah, second yeah yeah hold yeah, okay. off from giving right, me okay. relief <laughs> andrew hello are you? we're gonna get some light relief. we're all gonna get um, some light relief from justin in a second but, but if, it's the reality but, but, but yeah but <laughs> before that andrew what would you like to
27: say uh it's only a quick one you know you had that discussion with the gentleman i thought you're a little bit- Dismissive because he was evasive on a question. No, I wasn't think dismissive,
4: valid, I was pursuant.
27: Yeah, well, I think a valid point got missed. He did raise the point that everyone should get around the table at some point, and I, yeah, I actually agree with him on that for for two reasons, really. If yeah. we want to understand what they're using as bribery for these people so that we can understand how to stop it from happening yeah. and to prove it as being, you know, the like bribery non- they're
4: using, Andrew,
27: is when you die. You well, get... I know. That's what we're told, but there's got to be other things. Where no you die, gonna... Andrew? You get seventy <laughs>
4: virgins, right? How can you compete with that argument? And <laughs> what, know, ta- but... Andrew? T- t- what table? Who's going to host it? Who's going to? If I'm a sixteen-year-old and I'm disenfranchised and disaffected and I uh, disinfected, disaffected, and I hate you and I hate the government. Well, I'm not gonna I
27: am not don't, and... don't think you're giving 16 year olds enough credit they've got more mental power there's other things and there's yeah, reasons Andrew, why they're not being sold and I think everyone needs to understand Andrew, everyone needs to
4: sit down and understand it but the Andrew <laughs> they're yes. not gonna the kids that are going off to fight the 19 year olds that are going off to fight they're not gonna sit around a table with an old fart like you and me
27: no, well then, then we talk to then we get up, then we get people like-minded that are younger and can relate to them and speak to them the same as we have with everything else that's gone wrong with Then young Maybe people. we
4: could do like a hashtag as well, and we could set up a fa- <laughs> we could set up a Facebook page, Andrew. Let's all oh, let's man, stop you ISIS. Me. You made my morning before I walk into you. work. You're you a good you're a good lad, Andrew. I've got to move on. Thanks very much. Cheers, for sure, call. Ta-ta. Now that's it. Mm, that's mm. what I like. Completely disagreed with him, and then we shook hands at the end of it. Seventy is pure greed, by the way. <laughs> Sorry, seventy. Really? Yeah. Well, 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 I'm seventy, but it's just... What's Justin talking about? I have no idea. Oh, the virgin. <laughs> yeah,
11: yeah.
4: <laughs> <laughs> uh, listen, give me three. <laughs> I don't oh no, it's too <laughs> no, much, don't, oh no. no, don't oh, no. I don't I don't I don't want any of that yeah, to, yeah, yeah, But yeah. That, if that's the argument you're dealing with,
15: anyway, yeah. anyway, listen. Yeah. Great show. Yeah, very tense down here. I'm normally on the the streets but uh, coming stolen down coming back. Somebody stolen my wood, my wood has gone missing. I'm yeah. here in the studio and uh, yeah, it's tense yeah. down here. You've been here for how long you've been working here? Thirty six uh, years? no, I've been here since what, nineteen ninety eight? On and off. Okay, well that's Long that's time, long
4: time. Long time. But apart from the course of the dark Years when yeah, um, you uh, suspended,
15: yeah, yeah. player you
12: were gardening, uh, yeah, I was
15: gardening. Yeah, yeah, it was called gardening leave. I was a player, even in my own garden. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> so this is, I mean, uh, to, to me, um, I've only been here three years. Uh, it's you know, it's, it's just a gig. It's mm. a gig that I thoroughly enjoy. It's just a building. Yeah. Uh,
15: this is this is a powerful day for you. It, it's a powerful day. Yep. Tomorrow, though, you know, a new start, moving to Dunstable. But I, I love the streets of Luton. I think the streets of Luton. You know, I've been to, to many places. The streets of Luton and characters. Come on, the street's full of them out there. uh, By characters, do you mean uh, drunks? (laughs) Yes. And... Hey, listen, very, very quickly, I've got to say that I saw something amazing today oh, yeah. and she wouldn't talk to me because it wasn't her style. Uh, this lady went into, no, she went into McDonald's yeah. and she bought a breakfast oh. and she took it outside and gave it to a homeless man. There you go. Do you know what? I thought that just made my heart melt and said, so, Can I talk to you? No, 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 no. I do it whenever I come down here. Uh-huh. I won't want to be homeless. That was for him. I do that from time Fair to time. Play. I gave a sandwich to a
4: homeless man Yeah.
15: the other day, Friday night. He looked at me as if it
4: was just ham.
12: <laughs> i bad given him a McDonald's though. Surely she should give him a tasty salad. Uh, yeah. st-
4: wait, Peter from Warmer Green phoned up to have a whinge, and he's talking about how if you're stre- I don't even know what he was talking about, about yep. being
15: streetwise. Yeah, what does that term mean? Um, I've been on the streets this morning this asking is an people. Apt one for you. Yeah, because you know a lot of people have got different um, reasons behind what it actually means. So here's what people on the streets had to say about being streetwise.
22: Well, I would say that you know
15: the law and order. You know that if you're walking down the street, you don't chuck a fag packet in the gutter. Street Streetwise. Are you streetwise? Yes, I think so. What does it mean to be streetwise? Uh, make sure you don't get yourself in trouble on the street. I used to live um,
26: work in Lambeth, Southwark and Lewisham, near Brixton and Peckham. And I think if you've been down there, it's
15: like the Bronx. If you don't know what you're doing, they'll eat you alive. They'll watch you like hawks, some people. So, to, to kind of give an example, what, uh, to, to maybe mug you. So, if you were in the wrong place at the wrong time, you would have your, your wallet and your phone taken off you. Yeah. You know how to to not be in that situation? I would say so. You have to keep
26: your eyes open. You have to look around. It's a bit like defensive driving. You have to watch the other drivers. It's like
15: that when you're walking the streets. You've got to watch other people. From the BBC, would you say you're streetwise?
17: I think I am. I look around all the time.
15: (laughs) So that's what it means, looking around, making sure you're not in danger. no
17: one's following me, yeah.
15: yeah. Well, I've been in Luton 50 odd years and the last few years I've been very streetwise. But, but again, what, what, what does it mean? Certainly, oh, oh, What does got it mean? Clue, you know? You're saying it's streetwise, but what does it mean? Oh, you got a clue yourself. yeah. <laughs> that was hilarious. You <laughs> Thank you, cheers. That'll
2: be on, that'll be on the radio. Yeah, man. it will, yeah.
15: What's your name? John. John, you got a baseball cap on, you've got shades on, you've got the, the trainers, uh, the tight, skinny bottoms as well. What do you think it means to be streetwise? To not talk to strangers.
7: In Luton, Old Bedford Road's been closed in both directions between Herclesby Way and North Street because of an accident, that's causing queues back from New Bedford Road and Telford Way. In Hartingfordbury, on the A414, there's lane blocked by a car that's broken down at Thieves Lane, which is causing some slight delays. And also in Bedford on the A6, it's looking very slow now on Shakespeare Road. as because of the temporary traffic lights. On the M25, it's busy anti-clockwise from Junction 19 for Watford towards Junction 16 for the M40. Samantha? The Brough, BBC Three Counties Radio.
4: Sammy, thank you very much. Um, Deeley, this place has got more history to you than it has to me. I'd, yeah, I'd like, it yeah. would be an honour, sir, if you would close our last show here in this building today. Away you go, over to you.
15: Okay, uh, let's do this show. Do you want to press the button and, uh, so I can see the, the clock ticking I'll down? Do in, I'll yeah. do it in ten seconds. Okay, right. Uh, Studio What1B here in Luton. Been broadcasting it since, what, 1985? First <laughs> that Antiques Roadshow in here. Uh, this is our last ever You're programme. saying I'm old. <laughs> this is our last ever program from Studio 1B in Lucan. Tomorrow we are in our shiny new building in Dunstable. I love this place and do you know what, boss, the memories they're going to be with me for the rest of my life. Thank you, you, Daly.
4: Thank you, Cass. Thank you, Kale. Thank you, Luton. Local and vocal across
1: beds, hearts and bucks.
26: This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Thank you, Justin. Fear not, Luton. I'm still here. Good morning. Welcome to the JVS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's nine o'clock and on today's big phone-in, are the young Brits who go to join extremist groups abroad, criminals or victims? 25-year-old Thomas Evans from Woburn Green, was killed at the weekend fighting with militant Islamic group Al-Shabaab in Kenya. His mother has told the BBC he was radicalised here in the three counties in Buckinghamshire. Meanwhile, BBC Radio listeners in Yorkshire have spoken of their shock on discovering a 17-year-old from their community called Tala Ashmal has become the youngest ever British suicide bomber after blowing himself up in Iraq. His family say he was groomed online by extremists. And on today's Telegraph front page, three British sisters are feared to have gone to Syria with their nine children to join Islamic extremist fighters. Well, this morning, I want your reaction to this. Are the young Brits who go to join extremist groups abroad criminals or are they victims? Pick up the phone. Come on and have your say on 08459 five double five.
1: This is the JVS show
26: on BBC Three Counties Radio. I'll take your call in just a second, but first, let's get the latest BBC news.
0: It's one minute past nine. Here's Simon Oxley. The headlines Wickham family to take civil action after police misconduct hearing, body of Buckinghamshire terrorist won't be repatriated, and Bedfordshire police warning over radicalisation online. BBC Three Counties Radio. A High Wickham family say they will take civil action against Thames Valley police after five officers were cleared at a misconduct hearing over the death of Habib Ullah. Mr Ullah died following a stop and search in the town in 2008. The police commander for Wickham is urging the community to move forward and work with the force, although Superintendent Ed McLean says he knows it will be difficult. Zia Ullah, Habib's cousin, says the family will be taking civil action. There's uh, um, a number of concerns that we've still got to raise, um, certainly
10: around the, um, the post-incident management. We're just uh, uh, awaiting a, a civil prosecution at the moment. Um... as soon as we've got um, any further details I'll I'll certainly be letting people know
0: A Buckinghamshire mum